Today, cloudy but dry, a high of 64. Tonight, cloudy skies, late winds, low of 51. Tomorrow, cloudy skies, 69. Friday, 75. Saturday, 81. It does say rain potentially on Saturday and rain Sunday, but 85. Uh, those temperatures sound pretty great. 59 right now at AM 1230 WJBC. Where should I begin? Can we talk about this? Say, what are you trying to say? Beyond the usual controversial talk. Blah, 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 blah. On and on and on. Over there. No. Prepare yourself okay. for Craig. Okay. Preparing a mighty new spectacle here. Articulate, <laughs> stimulating, yeah. hit you right in the... <laughs> there you go. We start becoming a team right now. This is the Craig Collins Show. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God, no. On WJBC. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. Now your host. He's a good man. Craig Completely accurate. Ultimate power in the universe. Why not? It is the Craig Collins Show on AM 1230 WJBC. Hanging out with you until 6 o'clock every single day. And every day this week, I'm trying to like set a record. I've talked about Michael Jordan to open the show. I can't help it. I was a, a longtime Michael Jordan fan, even more so than a Bulls fan growing up. The documentary, The Last Dance, that lasted five straight weeks on Sunday was a must-watch for me. And now there's fallout. Now things are happening. I have AJ in studio with me hanging out for the first half hour of the show. Uh, so, AJ, I figured I'd bring you on yeah. because you're a huge Jordan fan. You're a huge Bulls uh, fan. Yeah, kid in the 90s, so it's hard not to be like a Michael Jordan fan. Well, and you're rocking a Cubs hat right now, so I assume I you're a Chicago everything fan. I, I Except the Bears, oddly enough. I'm, okay. I'm just not a football fan in general. <laughs> and they're terrible. They're, no, they're usually bad. Yeah, no, that's fair. Let's uh, let's pass over Patrick Mahomes for Mitch uh-huh. Trubisky. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. this yeah. seems to have worked out great. It's i got to be honest. Um, that's, that's awesome. Uh, I'm actually a New York everything fan outside of basketball because of Michael Jordan. When I went to go see the Knicks play when I lived on the East Coast, Jordan would come in, the, come in there and torch the place. Oh, yeah. He'd be like, wait a minute. Like, that guy's better than our whole team. Yes. I like him more because that's how <laughs> children decide things. It really is. Yeah. And everybody in my family was like, you can't like Michael Jordan. He's beating up our team. And I'm like, I don't know, man. He just seems I'm gonna cooler. Get, I'm going to go with that guy. Right. Yeah. I'm going to wear his shoes. I think his tongue is all out. Uh-huh, and stuff. Right. Like, yeah. Go. He just dunked on everyone. Um, so today, the reason to even bring this up, though, is Horace Grant. Uh, Horace Grant is one of the players that was featured quite a bit in the documentary, one of Jordan's teammates. Sure. Uh, he won three championships with Jordan from 91 to 93. He then was traded while Jordan was playing baseball, so Horace was not there for the second three-peat. Um, he actually played against them and uh, played with the Magic on a team that knocked them out of the playoffs in 95 mm-hmm. when Jordan comes back after his baseball hiatus but only plays a portion of the season, and then eventually Jordan beats them in 96. Uh, it, it's interesting to hear from Horace, though, for two reasons, and I guess they've covered it a lot. Uh, Dave Kaplan, who's a friend of mine, uh, is up in ESPN in, in Chicago, and he had Horace on. I think some other radio stations have talked to him, too, um, just about the documentary, which we should mention yet again, Michael had full creative control over. He did. The reason that it took so long to have it get put out, it was taped in 98, obviously, mm-hmm. and it is 2020, last time I checked, <laughs> is because Mike didn't want to do it, and it took all the way uh, until... LeBron James this is the rumor. LeBron James beats the seventy-three and nine um, Golden State Warriors in the playoffs, maybe cementing his claim to best of all time. Mm. And Jordan pulls the trigger. I need, I need that title back. Let's go ahead and put this thing out. Uh, but Horace says it's all, it's all crap. <laughs> <laughs> he says there's a bunch of lies in there, um, which I don't know. It, more important than that, AJ, and I guess that's the first question I should ask. Um, do you think 
that a documentary like that, did you watch it all? Uh, yes, I have seen the whole thing. Do you think it would have been much better if Mike didn't have control over it? Uh, no. Okay. Because, I mean, I, I get that it was not a whole lot of personal stuff about like his life and stuff, which there would have been way more personal yeah. things um, if he didn't have creative control. But like you said, he put it out because he was like, okay, this, that's my title. Right. Like, didn't, nice try, LeBron. Which is another argument, but like, <laughs> nice try. Um, yeah, no. Hashtag no. the last dance. Um, <laughs> I like that. I don't know, man. I mean, like, I, I look at it. I think about it this way. Um, uh, Michael Jordan, the player, is the greatest of all time. I agree. It's been years since we've been reminded of that, and the documentary did a tremendously good job, obviously, of cementing that that concept, that claim, that oh, adding question. him back into you know our collective consciousness in, in a way that's fair to him. As a player, sure. Whether or not the human being uh, is utterly different than the guy we saw during the documentary, uh, to me, makes no difference. I would want to see it. And I actually had a caller call me yesterday off the air because I've been talking about this every day. Uh, that was like, I don't know if I want to watch this documentary because I love Michael Jordan and I don't want the image I have of him in my brain to be ruined by any revealing things. But I did you watch Tiger King? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> I did. I did watch Tiger King. I hate. I hated all those people. Okay. All those people. Right. I love the way you put your head down. We're like, yeah, yeah we are. the did. world watched it. Ugh. If Tiger King had had control of that documentary, the dude who was the star of it, I imagine it would have been like a Carol Baskin's like ripping on 10 episode oh, thing. The whole, I mean, that's right. basically what it was anyways. Right. But right. Like, they would have proved that she killed her husband yes. somehow. Um, and that would have made it a worse documentary. I think this was harmed in its in the amount of interest, the amount of things I could have learned from it because Michael could weed out the negative. Um, I would have loved to see what it takes to be that on top of an elite sport. Because remember, everyone who plays in the NBA now or even then, these are the elite of the elite. This is the the upper echelon of leagues. There are no better basketball players than all the guys who are suiting up and playing at that time. There's no better people that play that sport now than the guys who suit up in the NBA today. And so to see someone be head and shoulders above the rest of those individuals, it's intriguing to know what that takes. And I think it takes a very special mentality. I think it does too. I think I think it requires a certain level of horribleness. I don't right. they, like. <laughs> like I mean, that's that's not a good word for it. But like, yeah, that's fine. If I feel like I'm gonna turn into a nerd for a second, but like, look at someone like Norman Mailer, like the author, like total horrible human being. Yeah. Like, he, you know, won two Pulitzer prizes for literature, and I feel like Michael Jordan's the he's the best of all time. Like you, you don't, you can't be like. A nice guy. Well, look, I actually, you know what? I'll, I'll say it this way, and I, I don't want to steer too hard into politics, so I'll just mention it. I think a lot of politicians, when you find out about their histories, their especially the ones we most celebrate, the forefathers, etc., these are not great humans. No, they're, they're they, terrible. They're not all good people. I mean, some of them are probably okay, yeah. but they're not all. It just takes a certain individual. Even when you you crap on a listener out there, a Trump uh, per se, there's there's elements of the gig. That, that puts you in a certain area of operation that are just different than other people. That's true for every every individual and every... Now, do they do it differently? Some, yes. Some people <laughs> take it even further. I'm not going to, you know... It, it happens in all different degrees. But if I had seen a Michael Jordan that would have shattered any, you know, role model image that was so necessary for the NBA's growth back when he was the most famous player playing that sport, yeah. um, I wouldn't have cared. It wouldn't have changed my perception that this is the best person to ever play basketball, and I admire him for that. I wouldn't have cared if he was the biggest piece of crap 
on the entire planet. Obviously, like if he had committed a, a heinous crime, I'd probably well, sure, stop that, liking yeah, him. Be a little you can't go OJ that. and have me still be like, oh, this guy's <laughs> fine. But anything other than that, anything, you know, uh, outside of being morally wrong, to me would have been like, all right, like that's that's part of what it took. And I actually would have been fascinated to see it. And so when you hear Horace Grant say, lie, 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 if MJ had a grudge against me, let's settle this like men. Uh, like talking. men. <laughs> I would love to see them fight right now, sure, by the way. Yeah. Celebrity deathmatch style. <laughs> um, but they, let's settle it like men is what he says about the accusations that he helped give Sam Smith the, the details that were part of the Jordan Rules book. And obviously the, the documentary takes a couple episodes to talk about when you rise to the top. Yep. When you're the guy on the top of the pyramid, everyone wants to tear you down. Yeah, no obviously. one wants to go compete up there with you. They'd rather just ruin you than have to go up and, and get you from the top. I feel like that's a natural reaction. Right, like, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. Like you said, like even if it turns out that he... I mean, okay, it was never in new information that Michael Jordan wasn't exactly the best person outside of basketball. Right. Like Everyone knew about like the gambling and the, you know philandering and stuff yeah, like I'm, i mean those those aren't like secrets to be honest i don't know if the 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 you know extramarital stuff actually is relevant to a documentary about the team either i don't see know i don't think it is either i think it just becomes a hatchet job at that point but if you actually had seen the like way in which he treated his teammates and i told this to a friend of the show dan lloyd who called the last two days and we chatted about this because he's a super fan too um my favorite moment of the documentary is an odd one it's when he's sitting in front of the the, the window you see the beach and I know social distancing right now, we're not gathering together, you know, <laughs> lots of people, but he's smoking a cigar and he's alone. And, and that comes at the very end of the documentary. And I think that's a subtle tip of the hat to the idea that, look, the guy got to the top, yeah. but he's not hanging with Pip every single week. No. They're not buddies. No. He's not buddies with uh, uh, Charles Barkley, unfortunately, anymore. He does not have a lot of basketball friends. The reason why, he's a jerk. Yeah, and, you know that but, that's acceptable, I guess. But he's also the greatest of all time. Like, right. he, like in order to do that, he, of course you're going to be separate right. from people. Yeah. And, well, and when you when you have to depend on other individuals, so like if it's anything you do, and honestly, eight two nine two three four five. If I try to have this have a macro, you know, version of this conversation, <laughs> if you if you do something, if you're at work every day and you you trust one or multiple individuals to to get your job done, and so Michael Jordan in his brain has one job, win a championship. Sure. That is the goal. Every day, his coworkers suit up, and if they do something that doesn't help him gain that goal, he's going to get mad. If you rely on a coworker to do something, they don't do it, you will get mad. Yeah. And if you're MJ, and if you're you know so famous you can't even be outside without being harassed, I think that anger gets up to the 9, 10 degree. It's got to have an effect. Right, yeah. Because honestly, the same uh, extent, I don't think everyone should scream at someone MJ style if they screw up in the office space. Oh, you know, I like, think I think everyone should, yes. <laughs> you think that from now on, like, you make a tiny little mistake and someone's like, this is the worst, like, just go crazy? Yes. Okay. Like, Blake, next time I mess up, it, you berate me and I, I will learn my lesson. Punch you in the face a la uh, <laughs> Michael Jordan and Steve Kerr? Yes. You know, I forgot to call a senator when I was filling in on the morning show. And uh, after I forgot to do it, I apologized to the guy on the air. And then I told Neil on the air that if I forgot again tomorrow because he rescheduled, he could slap me across my face on air. <laughs> I think that was a good deterrent. I made sure it happened the next day. So maybe we do. Maybe we all need the MJ motivation. Just a slap in the face. Well, right. How do you slap Steve Kerr, though? Like, he's like... Oh, he full on punch, though. It's Steve Kerr. Right. And I, honestly, even MJ did talk about that in the doc. He's like... I knew as soon as it happened that everyone was thinking, you just beat up the smallest guy here. Yeah. You took on the, <laughs> the littlest most dude. harmless. Right. 
Nothing well, says you're not the alpha male, like picking the guy who's the least capable of fighting back and, and picking and, on that and dude. Just punching him in the face. All right, seriously. Uh, <laughs> quick break, a lot more on AM 1230. AJ hanging out for the first half hour of the show. Governor Pritzker coming up with his daily press conference at 2.30. A lot of uh, news there. I also have a couple guests coming up. I got Brian Noonan, a, a longtime radio host, a podcaster now. Uh, he'll be on the show at 3 o'clock. More after this. Now, back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. It's Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC, hanging out in the first hour. Uh, AJ is one of the news guys here. Actually, a guy that doesn't usually get to be here during, uh, you know, daytime. You're usually like a night owl. You're usually here when when it's dark. You're kind of like a Dracula yeah, as far as WJBC like, is concerned. Like, uh, generally, I'm, I'm here when there's no one else here. It gets, right. Neil, spooky. Neil Doyle is out, uh, I assume, golfing every minute that he possibly can. And so AJ hangs out, and then Blake Haas will be here around 3 o'clock. Yep. Um, and Blake is too busy to be on the air um, because he's doing like six people's jobs. Um, but I, I, like that, I like that you can get a little bit in because uh, I like chatting with you guys. Um, I, I realized this during the break. You come from the food bev industry, I do. as John Davies always calls it, and the I feel like I'm, I'm in on it now. <laughs> um, so talk to me a little bit about your experience just as uh, being a person who – whose job was utterly impacted. By it was, it, yeah. very, very much so. Like, So um, I was a bartender. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm still a bartender. Well, I we put that in air quotes because <laughs> I've been recently shifted over to delivery. Like, um, I was a bartender for Schooners, and like we, we started doing deliveries. And they asked you to be a part of that. Yes. I yes. would love it if you could bring the bartender table, like a setup table, and as you did the delivery, then also mixed a couple drinks. Yes. Like it's front. I would love that too. We, we got to figure that out. I'd be back in my element. Right. Like I keep getting lost going places. And like I'm mm-hmm. from here, but like we, we, when we started, we're like, we have no idea what we're doing. We've never delivered before. And we, to an extent, we've kind of got it a little under control, but there you go. I'm learning where a lot of is our, there a lot of demand? Are there are you guys getting a lot of orders? Yeah, we we especially on weekends we we have a difficulty keeping up with the, wow. with the demand, which is which is fantastic. You know, you can't yeah. ask for a better response from the right. community. But at the same time, it's not obviously the the same thing it was. There's probably coworkers of yours that that are unfortunately not um, oh, still yes. right. So so we would like to get back to a place in which we're we're open. Um, that but, would be fantastic. <laughs> But until then, I think it's definitely an idea to pitch. Maybe we, maybe I throw it up. This is the thing I want to do. Governor Pritzker does his uh, press conference every single day here on my radio show. Yeah. Uh, I'm not interviewing him. He's just on, as he is everywhere else. I'd like to submit questions during it. Sure. But mine will probably be ones no one want, want to take. Like, can we get bartenders to set up remote like tables? Little, little tables, right, you know. And after delivery, and mi- just have a 10-minute conversation with the bartender. Open up a bit, because that's a necessary that's, that, thing. That is what we do. Right? And then you sling a couple drinks my way, and then you leave. <laughs> and then you're gone. Right. And you have that one guy who keeps calling you back to the house every couple hours. Yep. That's the regular. I would actually prefer that because like sometimes like when you're behind the bar and someone will be talking to you, like you can't escape that conversation <laughs> no matter how much you would like to. Uh-huh. Cuz I mean it's a tiny bar like where right. you're, you're going to be like excuse me and then Sorry, just stand sir. 3 feet away right. <laughs> and stare at nothing. That's can just... you look can you look that busy? Like can you look down and make it I mean you can only wipe the same bottle so many times uh-huh. before like you start to Maybe there should be like a, a super complicated drink that you guys can just create one at a time that that gets you out of these conversations. <laughs> like the hardest spot, like a Long Island iced tea with extra layers, just all of a sudden has to be made every time you're in a difficult conversation. Yes, it's the emergency drink, which right, yeah. would be nice. But I'm then, sorry, sir. This takes way too much of my focus. And then, but then they'll be like, "Who ordered it? I'm the only one here." And <laughs> you're like, "I can't talk. I can't it's, explain." You know, honestly, this is just a bartender thing. We have to do it to keep the license. It's a practice. Yes, I mean, <laughs> other, otherwise. 
We're all fired. The Long Island mix will See, go bad. And right. I, I could be a bartender. I can lie pretty well. So um, you could. You could uh, there we go. Uh, I got to take another break. We got uh, just a little bit, uh, a quick commercial coming up here. And then we have Governor Pritzker, as I said, speaking as he does every single day. Actually, I don't think I'm going to have time to get this commercial in. Let me move it down here. And then we'll just go straight to the news. Uh, the news is brought to you by uh, Catherine Murphy right now, actually. Uh, I know that you're in here doing some news. You're not yeah. actually anchoring it, but you're writing it. You're helping out with it. Sure. So Catherine coming up in a second. And then Governor Pritzker is likely to interrupt this news break. More AM 1230 after this. Cloudy but dry today, a high of 64. 51 is the low for tonight. Cloudy skies, light winds. Tomorrow, cloudy skies, high of 69. Friday, partly cloudy, a high of 75. Saturday, scoured sto- uh, scattered storms, I should say. Warm, high of 81. And then more rain uh, Sunday, high of 85. Uh, talking about the rain for just a quick second as we wait for the governor to weigh in at his press conference, which is live uh, right now, you can find it on Facebook.com slash WJBCAM to get every single second of it. Uh, you will hear the governor speak, though, live here on the show as you do every single day. Uh, and then the questions, all the uh, things that the press asks of him would again be back on our Facebook page. So get that content there uh, in just a, a little bit as it as it continues right now. Um, but the, the amount of flooding has been really horrific to see. And I don't know about you, uh, but when I woke up this morning and watched news coverage not just of the latest, all the information going on as it is every single day as far as COVID-19 and all the different states' reactions, et cetera, uh, what's going on in our state, but then seeing a reporter on a national news organization out of Chicago talking about the amount of flooding and how devastating it is to the Midwest, I, there's there's a moment where you're like, what, what could possibly uh, else, what else could possibly go wrong? In all honesty, like what else could we deal with right now uh, that we... we you know, would have to figure out a way around. And even listening to their, the governor in Michigan, who has a number of different problems right now and conversations uh, taking place, talk about the flooding and how, um, you know, it's a challenge was just sort of surreal. All right, Governor Time, AM 1230. Thank you very much, Doctor, and thank you for the work that you do at IDPH and to all of your colleagues, too, uh, who really have been working overtime to get it right for the people of Illinois. Uh, In the midst of this coronavirus pandemic, all Illinoisans have been forced to carry out a very difficult task of fighting against an enemy that you can't see until you or your loved ones fall sick. Slowing it down has required us to stay home and to stay apart for two months already. And the virus has brought with it an enormous financial toll on workers and families. Somehow, you have found the strength to do what's been required to fight the fight. And you have done these things with exceptional grace and compassion for your fellow Illinoisans. You are slowing the spread. You're bending the curve, keeping our hospital capacity from being overwhelmed. All around the state, in our streets and our grocery stores, you see people wearing face coverings, knowing they are protecting each other, doing the right thing for their communities and their loved ones. And because of your perseverance, we have reduced our rate of spread tremendously in every region of the state since even just the beginning of May. We have seen our positivity rate drop. Our current seven-day average is 10.3%. The need for hospital beds and ICU beds and ventilators has decreased. We are building up our ability to test and contact trace, which allows us to slow and eventually stop new outbreaks before they start. 
When I introduced our reopening framework, I said that we can and we will make our Restore Illinois plan smarter as we move forward. That is as true today as it was a few weeks ago. We are by no means out of the woods. The virus is still causing sickness and taking lives. But directionally, things are getting better. And because of these advances, we are able to make some modifications to allow more activity during phase three of our reopening plan, Restore Illinois, which all regions of Illinois appear to be on track to reach by the end of May. Every day from the beginning of this pandemic, my team and I have been in close consultation with public health experts, both inside and outside government, to discuss when and how we can return different elements of everyday life for Illinoisans. Our mission has always been to get people back to work, get students back to school, and return to as much normalcy as possible without jeopardizing the health and safety of Illinoisans. To do so, we've listened and learned and tracked the science and the data every day to ensure that we're taking the best possible approach. Based on that work, the experts have indicated that we can build onto our plan to bring back more activities faster, as long as Illinoisans continue to do as we have been doing, adhering to precautions and safety measures to keep each other safe. I want to begin by talking about bars and restaurants, many of which are the beloved institutions that make the cities and towns of Illinois so special. The local diner, the corner bar with friendly servers and bartenders and owners known to the whole community. Tragically, they were some of the first and hardest hit by this pandemic. To date, my administration has delivered tens of millions of dollars of assistance to small businesses, including to bars and restaurants. The industry employs hundreds of thousands of people in every corner of our state, and financial assistance isn't enough. So it's been important to me to reopen them, but only if it can be done in a way that keeps its employees and customers safe. Given what is known about how this virus spreads in closed spaces, our public health experts made the decision early on that bars and restaurants should not open their regular indoor food service. And that's still the case until we reach phase four. That has turned out to be a good public health decision. But we have to put public health first. And that means the safety and peace of mind of consumers and employees alike. But the epidemiologists now believe that summer offers us an opportunity if proper precautions are taken by businesses and their patrons. So after listening to and working with restaurant industry representatives together with our epidemiologists, today I'm announcing an additional option for bars and restaurants interested in resuming operations earlier opening for outdoor seating when phase three begins, likely for everyone just nine days from now. With the right restrictions, tables six feet apart and away from the sidewalks, masks and distancing measures for staff and other precautions, the experts believe that these services can open at a risk comparable to other outdoor activities and give our hospitality industry a much needed boost as they work to keep their businesses on their feet during this terrible crisis. On that note, 
I want to encourage municipalities and mayors who are interested in helping restaurants expand their outdoor seating options to do whatever is in their power and best fits their communities to help these restaurants. We've seen an incredible outpouring of creativity from every corner of the state throughout this crisis, and I have no doubt that Illinoisans will continue that spirit as we pave our way forward. Looking ahead, I also want to elaborate on next steps for outdoor activities. As laid out in Restore Illinois, phase three permits all gatherings, not just essential ones, of 10 people or fewer. That means if you want to go enjoy a picnic in the park or a walk with nine other people, you can. Just remember to wear a mask or face covering when social distancing can't be maintained. With this new 10-person gathering limit, our restriction around outdoor activities in phase three will see some changes. That means boating or camping with up to 10 people is welcome in boats that are an appropriate size to hold that number. Illinois is also allowing the reopening of indoor and outdoor tennis facilities with IDPH safety precautions and capacity limits. As for golfers, in phase three, courses can allow foursomes out on the same tee times. Carts will also be permitted with only one person per cart or one immediate household per cart. With significant work to determine staffing and safety measures, all state parks will reopen on May 29th. All concessions will reopen as well under guidelines set for our retail and food service businesses in phase three. I know how important our state parks are to communities across our state and the staff and leadership of our Department of Natural Resources are looking forward to welcoming Illinoisans back. Additionally, in the coming days, we will be providing guidance on how other outdoor recreational businesses, such as driving ranges, outdoor shooting ranges, and paintball courses can safely open their doors in phase three. And on the topic of the days ahead, I want to remind everyone of the other businesses and activities already laid out for phase three. In phase three, personal care services like nail salons, beauty salons, spas, tattoo shops, hair braiders, and barber shops can open with IDPH safety precautions and capacity limits. For health clubs, gyms, and fitness studios, one-on-one -on -one personal training in indoor facilities and outdoor fitness classes of up to 10 people are allowed with precautions adhered to. And all retail stores, basically any store that wasn't already open as an essential business, can choose to open their doors to an in-person shopping with IDPH safety precautions and capacity limits in place. Of course, there's a whole lot of life outside these arenas, and I know people will have questions on the specifics of these announcements, as well as on topics outside of what I've outlined today. In the coming days, we'll be releasing formal industry-specific guidance developed in consultation with business owners and employees, particularly around workplaces and childcare. IDPH and my office have also received many proposals from churches and religious organizations on how they could operate safely in larger gatherings, including outdoor and drive-in settings. And we are working with them to help offer additional flexibility. 
Finally, I want to be clear that local governments have every right to establish stricter guidance to local businesses or for local recreation in any of these areas if they believe it would be in the best interests of the people that they represent. I want to offer just a note of concern that I hope everyone will take to heart. The virus has not gone away. Other states that have thrown out restrictions and decided to just go without regulation are seeing rising cases and beginning to see rising hospitalizations. Here in Illinois, we have followed the science and we're succeeding, but we can't let up now. We've come too far and we've made so much progress because we've kept social distance, worn face coverings in public, washed our hands frequently, and taken care of our most vulnerable to the best of our ability. We must persevere. Illinois, this road is a long one. And I know that it's hard to see the hate on display by recent protesters who ignore that we've lost thousands of Illinoisans to this virus. Thousands more are fighting for their lives in our hospitals. And our medical professions and our medical professionals are heroically working round the clock to save lives. Perspective is often difficult to find from up close. But the way the vast majority of the people of the state have come together in this, in this moment is truly incredible. I have never been more proud of Illinois. Thank you, and now I'm proud to introduce a veteran. A shocking press conference, I think, in some ways, maybe not in other ways. Um, Governor Pritzker announcing several changes to his, his reopen plan, uh, significant changes, I think. Um, as far as what businesses can operate, how they operate, of course, more information will be needed as to what those guidelines will be. Uh, but in just a few days, uh, restaurants may be allowed to reopen in some capacity. Beauty shops may be allowed to reopen in some capacity. These are all things just mentioned, Governor Pritzker. I'm not sure what was the the trigger uh, that caused this, um, if I can say it that way. What was the inspiration of it? I know a New York Times article came out stating that Illinois was one of only four states still shut down, the only state in the Midwest that was still shut down, along with New Jersey, Delaware, and the District of Columbia uh, throughout the country, uh, with the restrictions that we still will currently deal with for a, a little bit longer. Even though it's good news, it's not good news today. Uh, it's good news in the coming future, uh, as far as a lot of people are concerned, in, in getting back to some of the things and being allowed to do some of the things that we were allowed to do just mere uh, you know, months ago. Of course, as we fought COVID-19, things changed. But we were one of only four states still shut down. Uh, and, of course, there's also been, as Mark Strauss mentioned, some conversations being had uh, by the rest of the politicians that exist in this very state as they are back uh, today. And actually, the governor is speaking live instead of via teleconference. So I will take a break. Uh, we have a lot coming up on the show. Brian Noonan, a radio host, podcaster, comedian, uh, will be on the show at 3 o'clock. We will for sure cover this in greater detail um, probably throughout the rest of the show today. Um, it is surprising. Uh, that it seems to be a, a acceptance of what a lot of people were calling for. Um, it is later than most other states, I must mention, but it is, I, am, I imagine, also very, very welcome to everyone who heard that and wanted to see uh, reopen happen. Of, of course, I know there's people on the other side, too, so all your conversations, all your calls, everything, uh, we will take them throughout the day today on AM 1230. Quick break, a lot more coming up. This is Brian Walder, Mater of tonight, mostly cloudy skies, and overnight low around 53, then tomorrow we'll see cloudy and cool skies. 
High near 65 and temperatures will rise throughout the uh, start of the weekend. While Friday will see mostly cloudy skies with a high near 74. It's 59 degrees and 12 minutes past 3 o'clock. Good morning is at the bottom of the hour, or as it happens, I'm Blake Haas on the voice of Central Illinois, WJBC and WJBC.com. It's Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. My next guest is radio host, podcaster, YouTube celebrity, I think it's already okay to say, a uh, friend of the show, Brian Noonan. Uh, Brian, welcome to the program. Hey, Brian, are you there? I am. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Uh, we are on the air live. This is the Craig Collins Show. I just introduced you and then realized maybe you couldn't hear me. I had to hit an extra <laughs> button to make it okay. Uh, but how are you doing, man? I am doing well. How are you? How are things in How are things in uh, lovely Bloomington? Bloomington. Uh, they're good. Yes. They're good. Obviously, a huge announcement today uh, that probably kicks off our conversation just because it has to. Uh, Governor Pritzker, um, daily press conferences, we carry them every day here on the show, um, announced quite a few changes to what will be the next phase of our reopening in Illinois. Uh, he stated that science is the reason why, more so than anything else, that he thinks uh, this now makes sense. He actually uh, talked about how science before had one idea and now they they feel differently so uh just uh, i guess this is the headline of it things like bars uh beauty salons etc may be able to reopen in some capacity there will be guidelines there will be restrictions to it there will be a lot of outdoor food eating uh it sounds like a lot of outdoor uh setups of these restaurants etc but that's a big announcement and it'll take place right at the end of may something a lot of people were calling for too uh, as even the New York Times had covered, uh, Illinois was one of only four states still at a, a degree of lockdown that existed in very few places here in the country. So with that as the intro, I ask you, Noonan, start of the, the conversation, why? Why do you think this happened the way it happened? And today, when the legislator is back, when maybe there was political pressures, uh, what do you think was the cause of this this change? All right, well, let's start with, I'm gonna take a little bit of what the governor said at face value. I'm sure the science has borne out part of this decision. There are, you know, we're, we're looking and yes, there's still increases in positive tests, there's still deaths, but not everywhere. So you have to look at the science and the science is going to say some areas are hotter than others. But then the governor is a politician and we all know it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on, every politician is looking to operate in their own best interests. Yeah. and. There are, there are a lot of people who need to get back to work and that there's nothing wrong with that. If you can, see, here's the, here's the thing. I, to answer your question, it was a combination of science, political motivation, and somebody or more than one somebody talking to the governor going, listen, we can't have a blanket policy for the entire state. The entire state is not the same and we have to look at it region by region, which is kind of what he was going to do, but we have to really make, make a point and say, all right, Things have to change. Yeah, people are people are getting itchy. People need money. Uh, businesses need to be saved. So you know what? If we do it responsibly, if we do it safely, then the reopening can continue. Instead of being a short-term thing, it can be a long-term, leading us back to whatever our normal is going to be from here on out. Well, and I've talked a little bit about. I know that Dr. Anthony Fauci is vilified by some and and um, you know celebrated by others. But even he has stated in the last few weeks, he's a medical professional that gives an opinion uh, based on just that level of expertise. He weighs, yes. in, he weighs in in no way on the financial, the fiscal, the, the conversation as far as the economy is concerned. He needs other experts, and I don't think I'm now adding words to his statement, but you would need other experts, other business leaders to be the ones to offer that side of the conversation as maybe both come to a place where 
where we get here, do you think that there's some level of, of business leadership that comes into play in Governor Pritzker or anyone in the country uh, changing the way in which we, we look to move forward or fight COVID-19 after months of lockdown? Yeah, it would, be, it would be silly to think that there's not. And your point about Dr. Fauci is correct. I trust him implicitly when it comes to medical advice. That's what he has dedicated his entire life to. But he's, he is giving the medical and the science side of it. There is a human and business side of this that we, we have to look at. And I think that's what uh, today's announcements are going to do. They're starting to look at this other side and go, okay, yes, we know the science. We, we know the dangers. We understand how this is being transmitted. And even that changes daily. But we need to figure out how we can reopen things uh, at a safe, sane level to get it. And I'll be honest, I trust that the business people who are listening today and the business owners, they're the ones who I don't worry about at all. <laughs> I know I know whatever they what they're going to do whatever they have to do yeah. to keep their businesses open because it is their livelihood. It's it's what they built for themselves and their families. So they're not going to go, well, you know, they say 25% <laughs> capacity for the first 2 weeks. Forget it, we're opening the whole thing and then right. risk either get it, having everybody get sick and getting shut down or getting shut down, they're going to go, all right, let's see how this works. And we open, and we don't know the exact capacities yet. That hasn't, that was not disclosed today. Right. But for example, in other places, it's been restaurants could open at 25% capacity, which if you're a restaurant owner, you know, is almost as bad as having to be closed because they operate on such razor thin margins. But it gives them a light at the end of the tunnel. They can still keep doing their carry out. Now they can get some more people in. Well, and actually, it's it's funny. It's funny you say that too, because I had a story, and this is an odd way to bring the story up, because the the teenager who was working at some ice cream shop wound up getting screamed at by a bunch of customers and and struggling. And actually, I think there's even a college fund now. There's a GoFundMe page, Mm -hmm. and they donated like thirty thousand dollars to her because of the the verbal abuse. But the reason to bring up that story outside of that dynamic is the demand. I think that everywhere in this state, everywhere throughout the country, you will see a spike in immediate demand. Uh, capacities will be hit no matter what uh, amount they're allowed to be, what percentage they're allowed to be. I think Pritzker had floated, you know, the 10 or less um, individuals in certain places. So it might fall even within that outside of maybe outdoor seating where maybe there would be a, a loosening even further. But... In those worlds, I think the restaurants at least will see, uh, hopefully, the most beneficial version of whatever the limitation is. Of course, we want more. Of course, I think there's a lot of people out there that would love for it to go even further. Uh, but you said it well, too. The business it will. What, right. Well, it, the business leaders, will though. Once we, once we figure out what to do. And your story illustrates my point. Because what did that ice cream shop owner do the next day? He shut down. Yes. It's yes, a, he listen, did. If you, if you people cannot... Listen, handle a longer wait. I'm doing my best. Yeah, yeah. if you can't handle the weight, we then got you're not getting ice cream. Well, and as you and said, as you said too, the business leaders, the business individual, they'll always be uh, the forefront of their mind will be how to protect the the longevity of, yes. of my company. And I can't think of a worse way to get out of this than to have everyone get sick uh, that works for you uh, within the first few weeks of reopening. So, so whatever it is, however the 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 rules are changed, however it's all navigated, um, at least, and I think that it's long. Um, this is funny because part of this conversation, 
a lot of us here in central Illinois feel like we've been having for weeks. A lot of the, the sure. science said that we should be open is something that I've said on this very program for several weeks now, uh, looking at the data, looking at the guidelines, once they were offered initially by the federal government and the coronavirus task force, which I continue to remind our audience includes Dr. Anthony Fauci, includes Dr. Deborah Burks, includes the individuals that they celebrate. Well, some of them, I know that some of my audience very much likes the president and some of the audience uh, doesn't, uh, but he was not alone in creating those guidelines. They were scientific and we were well within them weeks ago. So even though it's not praise I offer the governor, I do very much um, celebrate the announcement that was given today because that announcement, I think, is, is appropriate given the, as you said, uh, the science of it and maybe also the, the conversation uh, being had with the, the, the um, leaders of, these, individ- the leaders of these, these industries, the private sector, um, because this is the only way to truly navigate out of all the different levels of fallout right. that exist here. It's not just a health pandemic now. It's a financial. It's a economic. There's, there's, I know the Dow has been going up, uh, and I think that maybe the announcement about the vaccine has helped with that, too, more than other things. Uh, but look, right. I've got I to take a break. We've got a lot more coming up on the show. I know that I'll continue to talk about the, the uh, conversation had today from Governor Pritzker. Uh, Pat Brady will be on the show at 5 o'clock, uh, so we'll hit that then. But Noonan... You're a fun human. You're a guy that dabbles in a lot more than politics. So I have some other stories I'd like to throw at you after this. All right. Because you Listen, and I can I'm have just, some fun. I'm just excited. I'm, I'm going to be going out. Uh, even I'm going to be standing in front of businesses that aren't opening for a few weeks, just <laughs> practicing. I'm very excited. You know, there's a woman in New York I talked about who uh, was so dead set on her, her daily routine that when her local coffee shop closed, she went and sat alone in the outdoor seating there every day just to feel like she was still doing her routine. I'm not sure that that was right. I'm not sure that that was wise. Right. I'm not sure that that was wise in New York City per se, but I understand the sentiment. (laughs) Right. Okay. Quick break. A lot more on AM 1230. Brian Noonan and I coming up after this. It's Craig Collins show AM 1230 WJBC. My guest uh, every Wednesday, I think, as long as I can force him to do the show is Brian Noonan. Brian Noonan is a radio host, a podcaster, a lot of different things. Uh, Brian, um, what is the show that you've been doing on YouTube, by the way, real quick? What is that? Uh, how do people it digest it? All that stuff. Socially distant. It's on the Brian Noonan YouTube channel. You can go there every day. It's uh, four to six minutes of just uh, whatever I'm thinking about that day. And today, today was masks. Yesterday was uh, I forget what yesterday was, but we're at episode 43 was posted today. So you can go there. Uh, it's it's fun. It's I guess they would call it Craig a vlog, the video blog. Is that what, is that what the kids still call things, yeah. or is that very 1996? No, that's that's actually that's accurate. And this would be you have a a video uh, component to it, and then you're talking. That's that's sure. a vlog. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's what it does. It's me in my office uh, talking about something that uh, I'm go. either upset about, amused by, or just find interesting for the day, and then we go from there. So you can see that on uh, on YouTube. You guys also do a live stream. Uh, you and the other friend of the show, Cody Goff. Um, who I've known yes. for years. Uh, you guys do a live stream tonight, correct? Uh, we are not doing it tonight because Cody is uh, traveling. Okay, and because Don't of NASCAR. Don't get me started on this. <laughs> Don't get me started that he's traveling. He's, uh, you know, I don't right. know what he's up to. Yeah. But yes. He's so traveling. tonight we're taking, we're taking our Memorial Day uh, break early. And there you we go. And we'll resume next week. And I imagine it's also in respect to NASCAR because NASCAR will be racing this evening for the first time on a Wednesday since the 80s. Uh, and people like six million people or, or more, I think maybe it was more than that. Uh, watch the the race on Sunday, so I think maybe it's a smart time to not compete with a with well, a thing it is like that. Well, smart, and I'm going to be busy sewing patches on my shirt for the next few hours. 
So I really couldn't prepare for the quarantine cast. I'm going to be uh, practicing going around to my left right. and, uh, yeah. you know, right. hoping I get to it. dodge I... flying tires. There's a lot that I have to do between now and then. So it was just better for us to uh, go on a hiatus for a week. And we'll be back next Wednesday night on the Brian Noonan Show uh, Facebook page. I think that is a good idea, though, uh, moving forward for the uh, the quarantine cast to throw in some patches to get some advertising cache in the door, however you can get it. So if you go NASCAR style, I don't think anyone will judge you. Uh, I just Listen, got- we, we have been shameless in our, uh, in our solicitation of sponsors and uh, product placement. I'm not above <laughs> putting anything over my shoulder. Uh, last week, I had a can of Pennzoil uh, literally sitting on my head like William Tell shooting an apple. It was uh, it, it, did, it bore no fruit. I'm right. very disappointed. But, That's totally fine. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's you know, it's a work in progress. You have time yes. as you go here, so you never know. Always. Uh, I got about a minute or two until news. Before I do that, though, I want to ask you about this. I saw this story in the New York Post today. Um, singles are now flaunting on their social media pages and on their dating profiles that they've taken an antibody test and the results of the antibody test. Are we already there as far as what is appropriate in the dating game? If you and I, uh, we're both married, if we were out there in the world, do you think it would be comforting to share these kind of results on the uh, social media profile? Not yet, because we haven't. We don't know if the antibody test really proves anything yet. Well, that's a fair point. It means you had it once, right. but we don't know if you can have it again. I mean, this is this is, is this the new AIDS test for the modern day? It appears you know, to I be. Was read, I was reading something else about these online daters that they, you know, that in their in their profiles, not only are they putting about the antibody test, but they're putting that they've been on virtual dates. Like, hey, I know how to talk to somebody <laughs> via via camera. It's it's very sad. I would be, you know, and there's these, you know, there's people going the, the erotic dates where they can't yeah. do it. No, thank you. Right, I'm, right. I'm I'm thrilled that I'm married right now. Actually, I don't know if that's a good thing to say every so often, but like when you look at the dating game today, especially in oh the the day and age of quarantine. Uh, it's kind of lovely to not have to worry about any of that stuff. Even if I yes. take the occasional chocolate of the head when I make a mistake, and uh, Betty, Betty has to remind me that I'm being a silly husband. Um, after the break, we got news coming up in just a second. I want to ask you about a viral story. Yeah, oh, go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh, no, go on. Uh, I, I want to ask no, you about I, a viral story. I didn't need to talk over you because I uh, broke uh, you. No broke problem, up. man. I, I, I want to talk about a viral story I saw about the quote-unquote hot nurse uh, this is an actual story that took place. I think it happened in Russia, uh, where an employee wanted to protect herself from potentially transmitting COVID-19. Uh, she went a road that not many people go. I will give you the entire story and get your take after this, but it is news time. The news comes to you from Blake Haas on AM 1230 WJBC. Brian Walder. From Heart of Illinois, ABC, I'm Chief Meteorologist Brian Walder, and this is your AM 1230 WJBC forecast. Mostly cloudy skies will continue for the rest of the day today. Mostly cloudy skies lingering overnight tonight into tomorrow morning. Low temperatures falling back into the low 50s tomorrow and highs only in the mid-60s. Tomorrow afternoon, mostly cloudy skies continuing, although temperatures should begin to increase a little bit as we head into Friday. High temperatures will be in the low to mid-70s, but still expect mostly cloudy skies. More cloud cover for the weekend, but will also introduce rain chances to the forecast. Some showers and thunderstorms possible on Saturday will be warmer, though, with high temperatures in the low 80s. Could reach the mid-80s on Sunday with additional showers and thunderstorms. And rain chances will continue into Memorial Day next Monday with high temperatures staying in the low 80s. 
From Heart of Illinois, ABC, I'm Chief Meteorologist Brian Walder, and that is your AM 1230 WJBC forecast. Thanks so much, Brian. It's 59 degrees and 37 minutes past 3 o'clock. Give more news at the top of the hour, or as it happens, I'm Blake Haas on the voice of Central Illinois, WJBC and WJBC.com. It's Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. I have Brian Noonan live in a fancy, uh, he's got a fancy setup, a radio setup there, so we use the internet to get him on. That's why there's no musical bumps any of these segments, Noonan. It's just you and I jumping in because uh, I got my, my technology here is different than mine at home. It's weird. Every so often, like I did the show at home for a, a little bit more than a month, I think, the Basement Radio Bunker, and I've noticed like I have some fancy technology things that maybe we don't have in the actual radio station, but uh, maybe they'll, I'll let them, I'll borrow it. I'll loan it to the, uh, to the people here. I don't know. But it's been weird. Yeah, really. Maybe, you know, maybe with all this, they want to uh, downsize a little bit, and they decide right. that they're going to use your studio for the whole place. So <laughs> everybody, everybody works out of my basement. Yeah. Miller's over at your house at yeah. 530 in the morning. Right. That's fine. Uh, I'm sure Strauss that might. comes bouncing by. Right. Mark Mark swings by in the, in the middays. Yeah, that, that's fine. I mean, it might be tough on Betty and I since we'd still be asleep for, for some of those programs. But we'll figure it's, it out. We'll make it work. Yeah, it'll, it'll all work out. The, um, the check that they'll write you, I'm sure, will uh, come oh, yeah. to oh, back oh, to sleep. Of course. If I know anything about the afternoon show budget that's existed, I mean, it's going to be it's going to have at least a zero uh, behind right. it. <laughs> Could be four or five figures on that check. I, you're right. Maybe with a with a decimal, if you count the figures after the decimal. Uh, I got to talk about some silly stories of the day. I will be hitting for anyone listening. I'll be hitting the the bigger news of the day again. Uh, Strauss is being kind and staying until four to jump on with me, and then Pat Brady will be on at five. Uh, political um, expert, uh, strategist, etc. Uh, so we'll continue to talk about the huge announcement by Governor Pritzker today. Uh, it is the story of the day here in Illinois. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about a hot nurse instead. Uh, this this story went viral. Yeah, that makes sense. Hey, guess what? You can go to a restaurant, but in my but right. in Tula, Russia. Uh huh. <laughs> okay, you found the story in Tula, Russia. A a nurse was worried that she might um, you know give herself more opportunity to transmit coronavirus. This is at least the the claim. So what she did was she wore the protective outfit, which is essentially plastic, the mask, everything else. Uh, but she went sans clothing. So she had a, a bra and underwear on. Uh, a photo of this went viral. She was uh, very much in trouble by the hospital for doing it. Uh, she is a nurse in her 20s. She said it was no different than a bathing suit. So she doesn't know why it was such a big deal uh, when asked for, for comment. But Noonan. No matter how many precautions we take in this whole world, there's never going to be a world where something like this is is allowed. This is fraught with problems, and this nurse should have known that probably going in to the decision-making that caused her to decide this was a, a good move. As I'm, I'm going to weigh in on both sides of this, because as a medical <laughs> professional, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Thank you. As, as right. a patient in this all-male coronavirus ward, uh-huh. I'm down with her choice. <laughs> Yeah. You know, imagine I'm sitting there, I'm having a hard time breathing. She comes in and just uh, just her little undie pants and whatever uh, covered in plastic. My heart's <laughs> going to get beaten. It's going to help my circulation. I'm going to breathe a lot deeper. My lungs are going to clear out. Everything's going to be fantastic. So, yes, I can understand the, admit- the hospital uh-huh. administration frowning on this. Right. But she is completely covered in plastic. So I don't, I mean. She is. I mean, I imagine. She's not going to get anybody sick from her actions. Uh, she's going to put strain on different muscles, heart, and, and various things. But um, yeah, I, I you know, get it from a professional standard. You know, I since I, I joined this radio station uh, in October, I've never known like what the the line is, what I can and can't say. But I, an expert like a Noonan in the the radio world, I love the fact that I can lean on you for the topics where I'm not sure, and you can you can dive headfirst into those situations because that is. 
I, it's I everybody. If you're being in the trust tree for just a second and talking about it in that capacity, yeah, I think there's probably a mental, you know, a benefit to to the sure decisions. <laughs> and if you were someone ill, and as you said, it was an all male ward. Um, I, I don't know. Which is weird in itself. Right. All male ward. That is that's, odd. That's odd. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, if you're that sick and a 20 year old, uh, and I, I don't mean this sexist. I'm I'm not proponent of this for hospitals here no. in Illinois but this happened so you got a comment on it she comes strolling and I'm going to feel momentarily I'm going to feel a little better <laughs> it would be the same as like if a famous you know model and or celebrity visited a human like there's a there's an uplifting element if you to brought me a cheeseburger I feel better for a minute <laughs> it's all the same different parts of me are being nourished my soul my stuff etc etc to the whole thing uh, i'm going to continue uh with this line of of topics and uh earmuffs for anyone that uh you know doesn't like it I, although this story we don't have to cover a part of it um this is viral <laughs> out of texas uh which makes me laugh quite a bit there is an event i guess over the weekend a jeep event i don't know if you've heard about it uh it's it's called a go topless event because the jeep itself is you know you open it up it's the the summer season, it's May in a, in a Texas, so you open up your Jeep and have no top on it, and you go and hang out. The Go Topless Jeep weekend event in Texas led to 180 arrests. Um, there was a lot of revelry had, I think, by several individuals. Uh, tons of, of public intoxication problems existed, etc. Um, the most viral component, though, was the news coverage of it, which I'm not actually going to play, uh, but mostly because anyone they interviewed, and these were all younger people, uh, they seemed to be on the side of, we just needed to have fun so much so that, like, we had to get out and do this, and you got to leave us alone, even though, like, people were getting sick, things were not, you know, sick in, in other ways, just regular drinking ways, but a lot of mistakes, I think, were made, and yet the people interviewed all seemed to think it was okay. How much fun have they been missing? <laughs> I, mean, if, I don't know. Listen, if we had been, if this had all been going on for, uh, you know, six months, a year, I understand you got to blow some steam off. Right. But the amount of steam being blown off in Galveston, uh, I think, is disproportionate mm-hmm. to the to the amount of steam that had been kept in for the last uh, couple of months. But well, you know, this is this is it goes back to what I said about the big news today and trusting businesses. If there if this had been happening in a business place. The owners of the business would have been, listen, idiots, we're going to get shut down. We gotta, right. We're we kicking you out right now. But now it's like, woo take the <laughs> let's drive along the beach. Everybody get hammered. It's Texas. They think differently there. hundred. To be honest, yeah, honestly, different. 180 people, though, is, is just a jarring number. And actually, one of the, the people interviewed said the reason it all stopped, and this is a somewhat sad reason, of course, because I think people wound up getting getting shot, but like gunfire erupted, and that's when people are like, all right, now it's past the limit where it's fun. It took that level of of craziness, that level of, of I don't know, just you know, completely uh, terrible decision-making that let people decide <laughs> that they were no longer going to party topless at a Jeep weekend event in Texas just days after we're all a lot of places are in are in lockdown. So it's kind of this, if if not, you know, the best of the examples of what we talked about a little bit earlier, Noonan, what could happen as we start to reopen as far as the demand for certain things go. If we learn a lesson from the go topless Jeep weekend event in Texas, people want to do stuff. They want to do as much stuff as they can as soon as they can. And probably right, we need even, to yeah. even pre-quarantine, you couldn't just be out shooting off guns on the beach. It's that, true. It's, 
it doesn't matter where you live. Right. It doesn't matter if you're in town. I picture just uh, thousands of Yosemite Sams down there running around <laughs> with giant mustaches. Shoot, you couldn't you couldn't <laughs> behave like this in January. No, you could not. Why do you think just because we've gone through some hard times that you now can behave like that in May? Yeah. I don't, I don't know, um, and I, I obviously don't project that to happen a whole lot of places, but I at least, I, and I think that everyone found the news coverage so funny uh, because part of the news um, reaction to it, they didn't know how to really cover it. Like, I don't know how you, how you discuss that at a time like this. Uh, let's shift gears. I talked about a story yesterday where Yankee Stadium will start allowing these drive-in festivals. Uh, it's not to air baseball games since there's still no agreement with the MLB on, on when and if those are coming back, although knock on wood, I hope they are. It's just to watch movies and do other, you know, kind of outdoor things, but in your own vehicles, uh, the mm-hmm. drive-in experience. Today, minor league ballpark said they're going to start offering concessions to go so you can get your expensive box of peanuts, Cracker Jacks, et cetera, from a concession stand in a minor league park and take it home. Can we merge all these worlds together, Noonan? Can we find a way to allow baseball or something to happen, even if it's not in the area where the home team exists. Like, New York doesn't have to play in Yankee Stadium, but can we air the game in some capacity and all sit in our cars in the parking lot and enjoy it with the snacks? (laughs) I would do that, and I wouldn't judge anyone else that would want to go with me because I'm that hard up for a version of that experience. I would be thrilled if we went that road. Well, I think the drive-in experience is fantastic. And I know somewhere in uh, northern Illinois, uh, a couple of drive-ins have opened, and they've been inundated over the last couple of weekends. And I think that's fantastic. Sports, sports. The, the problem is, as much as I want to see sports back, you've got so many thousands of people that are involved in getting a major league game happening. Because it's not just the guys on the field or the coaches. It's everybody who has to deal with the stadium and all that. So I don't know when that's coming back. And yeah. but you know, if it was if it was possible, which let's be honest, these ball players aren't going to take any less money. No, the, the, that's the deal. It's it's unfortunate for the fans, and uh, you know, I miss seeing games too. I miss sitting out at the ballpark. It's not up to us anymore. Yeah. And well, I think the you, biggest the biggest fight is the revenue share because I think the players did agree to prorated salaries as far as the amount of games played compared to a regular season, but they're not going to agree to to some sort of prorating where revenue is shared in an odd way when revenue is not really going to exist because they are taking a tremendous amount of the risk, Noonan. So uh, it's yes, not, of course they are. Right. I'm uh, not. Listen, I'm not one of these guys who's coming down and, and calling these oh yeah ball players spoiled because they want to because they want to protect their investment. A professional athlete's career is very short. The money that they signed for is the money they were promised. Uh, it is it's business. Yeah. And they don't owe they don't owe the fans to go out there and risk their careers. If if the season is on and they're they, they have to honor their contract and then they owe the they owe the fans their best effort, but it's they owe the owners of the team their effort. Yeah. Um you yeah, know, I'm not going to be one of these guys who's like, no, they should just go out and play. <laughs> right. I want to see. I want to see games too. But yeah. you know, I well, what do you think of the idea that's been floated in the NBA specifically, and maybe a lot of places like the the sports island where all of the athletes go? And I've <laughs> I, I've I've talked about it on the show, Noonan. I love the idea of it being all the sports at the same time and turning it into a reality TV show. But you have an island where like all the athletes go compete in all their sports on these like little makeshift 
you know, basketball courts or, or diamonds that look like it's the backyard of somebody's home, I would be thrilled. And then more importantly, like the big brother aspect where they're all going to the same, you know, hotel, whatever, and staying together. I want to see that on TV, Noonan. I think this is the thing. You realize these guys are athletes and not convicts, right? They can't. They, you yes. Know, we can't take. We can't kind of take guys away from their families. They'd be willing. Lives. They, they go, might be willing. You're going to an island for a year. Look, and that's the way it's going to be. If I learned, you want to play, you want to play baseball. You're going to an island. If I learned anything from the Michael Jordan documentary, it's that at least MJ would have fully signed up for a year in prison if it means he wins another national championship. He would. He would have done it. You know, out of the gate. And I'm not saying actual prison, by the way. I'm saying, you know, island version with fancy things um, where they just have to stay for their own safety. But I, I would like to see if the athletes are, are game. I think LeBron would at least be down. I think he's competitive enough. He's not Jordan, but he's he's there. He wants to win a championship this year. Mm, not enough to go. Not enough to leave uh, Taco Tuesday and go to an island. <laughs> he can have it he's there. Stay home. He can uh, have Taco Tuesday there. What's he going to bring all the bring the kids to the island? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's friends and family island too. I don't know how we get it done, but let's what, are let's you gonna figure buy it out. Disney Island where they take their cruises. It's the since it's, they canceled all the cruises. Now you can buy the Disney Island and all they they can all go there. Look, and Mickey and Minnie can serve drinks and they can all be at the cabanas. I, I I don't mind that you're you're you know. Uh, making fun of the idea, but come on, these guys are, are rich. They're, it's the biggest giant sports in the world, and the amount of revenue you make from the reality TV show maybe makes up for all the revenue you're losing because just think of how popular those shows would be, especially if all the athletes are together playing multiple sports. <laughs> I mean, LeBron has joked that he almost took Jerry Jones up on his, his offer to play football. LeBron can do it on, on Sports Island. He can play both sports at once. Sure. And as soon as somebody comes, as he goes across the middle for a pass, Gets and somebody injured. takes right. him out and he's done, and suddenly there's no more LeBron. That's I, well, <laughs> listen on that. Let's bring back Running Man too. Let's you yes. know, let's get people down there and uh, you know, right? I'm, send you, people after him. And it's you know, big hunt. I, you thought that was the winning? Uh, then no, I'm down, man. At this point, we're still hard up for for entertainment. That maybe yeah, maybe a little bit of Running Man isn't the worst of idea. I'm kidding. A quick break. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you are. <laughs> I, I think you're serious. And I'm just trying to figure out who the hunters are going to be and who, you know, who are you going to send in there running? Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I don't know. Do we it's win a prize? If we run, do we win a prize? Like, is that, I forget how that went. Do you get You won your free. I think you won your freedom. See, I need more Did than you? that. I would like, you know, I would like something better. If I could get a few million, I think I'm down to be a runner. A quick break, a lot more. On, uh, go, go ahead. Right, but if you if you win and you're not free, what's what good's the million? You want the freedom and some money? As I t- said before, I was totally fine with uh, you know the sports island thing. So if I'm living on an island with a million bucks, I think I can make it work. I mean, we're already doing quarantine. At least I would do it in that capacity instead of this one. A uh, quick break. A lot more on AM twelve thirty WJBC. Brian Noonan, my guest. Uh, he is the host of Social Distant, a podcast, a a vlog that we'll talk about a little bit more he usually has a a live stream on at night it's not on tonight but you can catch it again next week uh, all that information and a couple more topics after this on am 1230 it's craig collins show am 1230 wjbc my guest is brian noonan he is a podcaster a vlogger um a a bunch of different things uh, noonan tell me more about the socially distant show so every day uh it's on the youtube channel brian noonan youtube channel you go there and i'll talk about all kinds of things that are happening to all of us during this uh, unique time of COVID-19, whether it's uh, whether it's something fun, something that I want to just complain about, something that I think all of us are going through, uh, it's every day, and it's about four to six minutes, so it's not a huge investment of your time. Yeah. Plus today I had a very oh a very exciting uh, fun background 
things, <laughs> things evolve. So, I've done, you know, uh, Fridays are freeform Friday where I just kind of go, go off the top of my head. And nice. maybe I'm in a different location. I've been on the streets of Manhattan to do this. I've been in the car, uh, been in my bed. So there's a you never know what you're going to get. It's like the Forrest <laughs> Gump of YouTube videos. You never know what you're going to get. It sounds amazing. Uh, you can check it out there on, on YouTube. It's socially distant. Uh, you all say that's correct. I'm saying it correctly, right? Socially distant with Brian Noonan. Yes, there you sir. go. Um, and then also you do a Brian Noonan show live stream on your Facebook page every Wednesday, except for this evening. Uh, that is with yes. Cody Goff, a friend of the show as well, co-host of Curiosity Daily. Uh, you guys just kind of have fun. Uh, and you do that on the internets, on the social media, like so many of us are, uh, right. every single Wednesday at roughly 8 o'clock. Is that right? Well, we like to say 8-ish, Craig, okay. because time <laughs> is the tyrant. But we are I don't let the uh, the man, and by the man I mean time, put his yeah. boot on my neck. Okay. Uh, you're not going to tell me what to do. We want to start at 8.06. We'll start at 8.06. Uh, I'm thrilled to hear you say that, uh, mostly because I have this really nerdy uh, – uh, science story that I wanted to throw out at some point on the show, but we have like a minute or two before news, <laughs> so now's not the right time. And yet, I don't know if you saw it, NASA discovered a parallel dimension. This is a real news story that exists, I don't know, as of today, yesterday, I'm probably going to talk about it again tomorrow with another friend of the show, John Davies, who shared it on his social media page. But the, the parallel dimension has time moving in reverse. That's what NASA found out. So there might be, you know a Marvel-style secondary generation existing where everything is going backwards and where time is not a tyrant. It's the exact opposite, I guess. But they, they discovered that, I think, this morning? I don't know. I, I feel like scientists are bored, and they're studying things that, that in the past maybe they, they wouldn't have really uh, given as much time to. But that one to no. me is very confusing but very interesting. That's I, I will be listening to hear that because if, I wish I could get time to go in reverse because, let's be honest, I need a couple do-overs. And I think most of us I think most of us would feel that way. If there was a chance for us to to go back in time and redo something, but oh, then yeah. I'd have to jump dimensions, right? So I'd go to that dimension where things went in reverse, then I'd have to jump back to this dimension where yes. things go forward, mm -hmm. which seems cumbersome, and yet if we <laughs> buy into this whole thing, I'm 100% down. Okay. Yeah, I know. Honestly, navigating it is tough. I saw it in the Marvel movie. It would, they couldn't figure out the time travel for quite some time till Tony Stark got involved. So you never know how it's going to work out. I think Elon Musk is the closest thing we have to an Iron Man, sadly. So I'm not sure if uh, he can figure it out in a Tesla and or some kind of, uh, you know, other car. I don't know what else would work. But we'll figure it out. We'll make it work. Brian Noonan, thank you as always for joining the show. I got My a quick pleasure. break. I got the news coming up. Uh, chat with you again next week. Sounds good. All right, thank you. Quick break, a lot more coming up on AM 1230 WJBC. Brian Walder, remainder of tonight, mostly cloudy skies and overnight low around 53. Currently sitting around 59 right now. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy skies and cool temperatures as well. We'll see temperatures rise just a little bit throughout the afternoon hours. A high near 65, then on Friday, high near 74 with mostly cloudy skies and milder temperatures. It's 13 minutes past 4 o'clock. Get more news at the bottom of the hour, or as it happens, I'm Blake Haas on the voice of Central Illinois, WJBC and WJBC.com. It's Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. I think I'm going like sans bumps uh, today because I didn't have it set up. But I have Mark Strauss in studio who stayed late. Uh, very kind of him to stay late and hang out with me because I really did want your take on what happened. I was, I was shocked at first and then immediately thought I understood why everything was happening. But the governor's press conference today was a stark change in the messaging literally from yesterday to today um, with some of the changes in place. And I think they're still going to be um, maybe not to the extent that, that a lot of us hoped they'd be.
but bars may be able to serve people very soon in a compa- in a certain capacity. Beauty uh, salons might be able to start cutting hair again. Uh, what is your initial reaction to the to the difference in messaging? Well, today? let me translate very briefly and easily to understand. Let me translate the governor's announcement today. What he said was, when when you put it through the discronificator, All right. he said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it seems that my own party has turned on me. <laughs> And uh, in order to get out in front of this so that I look like a good guy, uh-huh. I'm going to ease up right. on all of these things that I was still cracking down on 24 hours ago so that when you see the clip on the news, it's going to be of me mm-hmm. and not of somebody in the legislature slamming me. Well, one of the things I found most interesting is for the first time in I don't know how long, I, I didn't hear several times that the science tells us that we have to stay at home. This is one of the first times that he actually said the science says exactly the opposite including even a mention of how the summer might offer uh, reduced cases, something that I'm not sure that all of us remember, but came up at a coronavirus task force toward the tail end of the existence of those. The president, very happy with that news, ridiculed in the media for it uh, weeks ago. Now it appears to be uh, everyone thinks that that's true kind of thing. Yeah, they want to take credit for that science that right. the, the president dropped on us, uh, as you said, weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I've been talking about this on my show going back to the beginning as we continue to learn more about it, that uh, this virus does not do well in temperatures above 70 degrees. Mm-hmm. Uh, direct sunlight is the end of it. You know, we're telling everybody to stay inside when, in fact, the one of the main antidotes for it is go outside, be in the sun, get the vitamin D. Absolutely correct. This comes from Northwestern, among other places, that studied and found uh, vitamin D deficiency is what may cause Mm -hmm. serious illness. And one of the easiest ways to get vitamin D, as you just mentioned, your skin turns sunlight (laughs) into vitamin D. Stand outside. In your body, yeah. And even on a day like this where we don't have any sunlight, there's still UV rays that are hitting you and providing you with some level of vitamin D. Correct, yeah. Uh, So it's been sort of surreal in the past few days to see a lot of the things that were were ridiculed just weeks ago turn into talking points. Um, And even more importantly here, and this is the the reason I guess I was shocked at all in Pritzker's announcement today, I thought he was going to go down with the ship. And by by that I meant his take on these sort of things. I thought there was going to be no level of of push from the other side or level of pushing from his own party, as you mentioned, push from from public opinion that would change his mind. And I based that opinion on the way in which he was talking to us every other day he held one of these press conferences other than today. And today it seemed like he was finally like, all right, this ship that I'm on is sinking. I'm jumping over here where apparently everyone else has been for a while. I just couldn't believe that that happened. Well, there's an election in, in November, and those people in the General Assembly, uh, the state reps, their names are on the ballot. And mm-hmm. whether you're a Republican or whether you're a Democrat, you have business people and you have employees of those businesses who are applying tremendous pressure right They need to get back to work. Yeah. They need to get a paycheck. Some of those businesses aren't going to come back, and it's a directly a result of the governor's decisions on how harshly uh, he wanted to suspend operations all around the state. Well, and also, I I think... What if he would have said, you know, we're not going to stop restaurants from operating. I know we have, you know, takeout and delivery. Mm -hmm. What if he said from the beginning, uh, 25% capacity or 50% capacity or 
there's a hotel over in the Peoria area that I've heard they're trying to strategize on how they can operate once they're allowed to open uh, at 50% capacity. Well, they're in a hotel, so there are conference rooms. And if those conference rooms aren't booked, they can turn that into dining space and maybe still get the same number yeah. of diners, but they use more space to keep the social distancing. and thing. So businesses need to be given the opportunity to figure out ways to operate. Maybe he could have done that in the beginning. Maybe we would not be, you know, and then he would have had more time to work with because those businesses wouldn't have been in such dire straits. Well, one of the other things that I think has been interesting to discover in the last few days, and granted, this is partly tied to the fact that our own testing facility closed because not enough people were getting tested, but some of the messaging out of New York uh, and Governor Cuomo there has has mentioned that they ramped up their testing to a degree that's sort of uh, surreal. And I know that we recently bragged about the fact that we're conducting the most tests. New York has a capacity of 15, 20,000 a day, and they're getting a fraction of that in actual response. That might be an example of the amount of people who are either asymptomatic or just simply not sick uh, that don't need the testing. So as we spoke for weeks and weeks and weeks, and I still consider from a scientific standpoint the value of testing to be tremendous, but just so I understand the reality of the illness, not because I actually think it, it might weigh entirely into how we navigate the next few months, but it's really interesting to see that in so many places, including in New York City, they're just not the turnout that people assume there'd be. Well, you know, there's a part of this conversation that never takes place, and I'll say it. All right. There's a, uh, there's a sizable part of our population who are reluctant to take a test that they don't know whether it's going to come back with an accurate result. Mm-hmm. And if it's inaccurate and somehow they test positive for something that they don't think they have, that that would be a scarlet letter. They'll be isolated, quarantined. People in their family won't be able to go to work. Uh, and they just don't want to rock that boat. Especially if you don't have any symptoms. You're saying that for, and we continue to understand now that the amount of people that are asymptomatic and maybe even already over this. Well, you know, there's, I mean, you, you think about it. There's talk about contact tracing. And, yes. and, and for some people, that is, you know, in their mind, that's big brothers watching me. Sure. And they don't want that. So it's like, you know what? I'm not going to get the test. I feel fine. I'll be okay. And they don't need to know. They don't need to know anything about me. I'm just going to stay back here in the background, mind my own business, go along with my life. Well, look, and some people would react to that by saying, well, come on now, Mark, you you don't want to have a conspiracy theory here, whatever. But honestly, this is sort of a perfect storm for that scenario to be somewhat logical to potentially happen. One, the amount of asymptomatic cases that are possible are now being talked about all the time. So they, a person could tell you that, oh, you just don't have any symptoms, and yet you have the virus. And two, there's been a lot of talk of the amount of failed tests, as you mentioned a second ago. So you put that all into a bucket together, and you tell an individual who isn't feeling sick that it might be asymptomatic and it might be wrong. I'll say this. Anybody who knows that tests are available, mm-hmm. no matter whether you live here or in New York yeah. or wherever— They've got their own personal reason for not driving over and getting tested. They've got a reason. Sure. They've got a reason. Sure. But I love the fact that it's available because there's everything else in this country. You should have the freedom of choice. Uh, I've been tempted to want to go get tested, even though I have no symptoms whatsoever. And so why haven't you? I just curious, I, because I, I think I'm, I'm misusing the, the offer. I think because the only reason I want to go is the curiosity, especially with the antibody testing, which maybe I will get at some point. Uh, but it's just, I, look, and this is something I don't think I talked about a lot on the radio. 
I was in D.C. Um, traveling before this shutdown happened, and then I was in St. Louis with my wife uh, the weekend before everything went down, or two weekends before, and then I came here. So, like, as the messaging started talking about the amount of places that were breaking out with it, I was in most of those places. Mark's now looking at me and smiling. I'm laughing because how do you know you weren't in a safer place than you were when you got home? That's correct. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. But uh, as we've gone and as I as my wife and I have obviously not gotten ill, uh, I've just been curious, like, man, I I actually even was very close to a lot of people who were at CPAC, which is one of the things that that was talked about as a place where where somebody goes sick. Uh, But yeah, no, right. To your point, maybe maybe it wasn't what we all thought it was to begin with. And that's to me, the, the most important thing about the testing moving forward, uh, and it'll take us a year or two, we will eventually look back on all this with accurate science, and it'll be tremendously interesting when we get to that future because I don't, I don't know what it's going to tell us, I, I, but I very much want to know, and I wonder if I'm not alone in that, wanting to know what the actual information was. Well, it's going to be interesting to see whether or not this virus is a thing that happens and is gone forever. Yeah. You know, they keep saying, well, it's going to be around for a while. Well, we don't know that. Yeah. You know, there are other viruses. They come, they go. You never see them again. Yeah. I just got a text message from a buddy. Uh, you are now Mark Hot Take Strauss on the show. But they're oh. good takes. They're real good takes. I like them a lot. Uh, quick break. A lot more on AM 1230 WJBC. I think a lot of my listeners probably uh, understand and agree, too. 829-2345. If you want to weigh in. And, Mark, I think I speak for both of us when I say this. We're not afraid. If you're on either side of the aisle, call in. Chat with us. We would love to talk to you. Quick break, a lot more on AM 1230. Brian Walder. From Heart of Illinois, ABC, I'm Chief Meteorologist Brian Walder, and this is your AM 1230 WJBC forecast. Staying cloudy and cool for the rest of the day today, then mostly cloudy skies continuing overnight. Low temperatures tomorrow, fairly similar to where they were this morning. We'll see those lows in the low 50s. Highs tomorrow in the mid-60s, mostly cloudy skies continuing and more cloud cover as we head into Friday, but temperatures should be a little bit warmer on Friday. Highs will reach the 70s by the afternoon and even warmer as we head into the upcoming holiday weekend. High temperatures on Saturday will be in the low 80s. We'll see cloudy skies, but also chances for some showers and thunderstorms at times. More shower and thunderstorm activity possible on Sunday. That could be the warmest day of the upcoming weekend with high temperatures in the mid-80s, but still staying warm on Memorial Day next Monday. High temperatures will be in the low 80s with some showers and thunderstorms possible. From Heart of Illinois, ABC, I'm Chief Meteorologist Brian Walder, and that is your AM 1230 WJBC forecast. It's 59 degrees and 40 minutes past 4 o'clock. Get more news at the top of the hour, or as it happens, I'm Blake Haas on the voice of Central Illinois, WJBC and WJBC.com. Craig Collins, Joe, and Phil. You know what I haven't done, actually? I haven't played a lot of Warrior. Time for more Craig Collins-style news on WJBC. Thank you, Orion Samuelson. This is Greg Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. Mark Strauss is now uh, pretty much my prisoner, staying as late as I've asked him to here on AM 1230. Today's a big day, right? It shouldn't feel like a big day, but it feels like a big day. Well, it's a big step. It's a big step. Um, the governor's press conference today felt like a different guy gave it. It didn't, it didn't feel like the Pritzker that I've heard for multiple it, weeks it at a time. It felt like somebody had their hand up the back of his neck. And, <laughs> and, like he was, he was the puppet? And he was, uh, yeah. yeah, it was kind of a, a, yeah. a, a, dif- a different t- change, a change in tone. Yes, a, a stark change in tone. Um, and certainly the guy who just 24 hours ago was telling us how science and epidemiologists, et cetera, were telling us that, that what we were doing was the only way that we could survive, that science was, 
was you know single-minded in all of this said today and i was trying to find the audio of it but here's the quote the epidemiologists now believe the summer offers up an offers us an opportunity if proper precautions can be taken by businesses and their patrons i thought i learned that weeks ago from the coronavirus task force and the expert individuals this actually was the same day in which trump eventually got made fun of for quote-unquote telling people to drink bleach which is not a sentence he ever he ever said uh, but he had an expert on give scientific data on the the amount in which the sunlight, heat, et cetera, kill the virus, how quickly it lives. This was weeks ago, uh, but apparently the epidemiologists have just informed Governor Pritzker uh, this morning of this information. Or, uh, Mark, maybe what happened was something different. Maybe what happened was something political in nature. The, legislator reconvening, the legislature reconvening, uh, there being an announcement even this morning that aspects of his his very punitive kind of uh, crazy misdemeanor idea that was all going to go away. There was not going to be any teeth to it, as I think something you said to me off the air. No more punishment. So I think this was more a political reaction than anything else. But uh, one more time, I know I asked you this about a half hour ago. Do you feel the same way? What's your reaction today? I think what he did was, you know, as you said, the state legislature reported back to work today. Mm -hmm. They're in session right now, I believe, still as we speak. Their session... The start of their session was delayed for three hours, or roughly three hours, while uh, one of the committees, which was comprised of six Democrats, I think six Democrats, three Republicans, something mm-hmm. like that, uh, w- which basically was sitting there hashing out, hey, uh, I suspect if you were a fly on the wall in this meeting, it was, we've got to get the governor to back off because... We're not going to vote to extend any of this stuff. We're not going to uh, put a rubber stamp on it. We can't. Yeah. Our constituents are getting blasted. The businesses yeah. are, are failing. We can't afford to lose them. We can't afford to lose the tax revenue. Uh, you know, people are losing their jobs. Some of these businesses won't come back. And I think, I think, they, went to the, I think they went to Pritzker and said, we're not going to back you. Right. If you go out there, You're you alone. are on your own. You are sinking on a ship alone now. And so in um, order to get ahead of that and not wanting the headline to be that the legislature turned on him and his yeah. own party turned on him, I think he probably decided, if I go out there and uh, soften my stance, then the clip that will be played on the evening news will be of me softening my stance <laughs> and not some irate lawmaker on the floor. Defeating you. Yeah. Um, I have a caller on the line. I want to ask you uh, a different thing. I want to ask you how I think Nancy Pelosi played into all this. Uh, but first, caller, what's your name? Steve. Steve, what did you want to say? Uh, I agree with you. I think this whole thing with Pritzker is nothing but political. I don't think he cares a hoot about the citizens down here. He had to deal with us down here. Finally, representative government prevails, which is the American way. I think he knew he was going to come off looking really bad. And I'll tell you what, he still comes off looking really bad because these Democrats and Republicans down here have family members, friends, and all kinds of people they know running businesses. And here Pritzker had to back his big self up because he didn't have the votes down here. I think that is very significant and very good for the American people of Illinois. Hey, Steve, I, I want to ask you, you a question. Well. I want Go to ahead. ask you a question, Steve. Um, you know, this all started because of the courage of Darren Bailey down in southern Illinois, 
who, by the way, walked into the House today without a mask on, and they voted to remove him from the floor of the House. He refused to put a mask on for the session, and he's not going to put a mask on for the session. So he's still fighting for people who believe that they should have some sort of voice in uh, how they go about their business. But, Steve, uh, how many more weeks later or months would what happened today would have happened? How much longer would we have had to wait if it wasn't for the courage of Darren Bailey getting the ball rolling on this, uh, what, last month, six weeks ago, something like that? Absolutely. You, You talk about courage. That's the same kind of courage that this country was founded upon. That's our forefathers going out there. Plus, I'm, I'm speaking about those little shop owners, those farmers, those laborers that went out there against the giant uh, King George and beat and won for freedom. And that's the same kind of courage that this guy you're talking about has today and all of these other representatives and state senators yeah. that have stood up against that tyrant in Chicago. We will not stand for a tyrant. He thinks that he's slick. He thinks he can play that Saul Alinsky, Chicago way bit and get away with it. That's not going to work. You know, so, um, uh, yeah. one of the biggest reactions I have, actually, and I do believe in, in um, the, the heroic efforts that you guys are talking about, and yet I also feel in a way that a lot of the politicians on a local level were also doing their jobs because I think that if they were as connected to the communities as they're supposed to be, which I imagine a lot of them are, they were aware of the sentiment within those locations, places like here, that believed in steps being taken, even beyond the ones that actually were announced today, to allow us the chance to to make money, to reopen the economy, to go back to work. Uh, that is simply a reaction to what your constituents want. That's how politics is supposed to be. Well, you know, let the local government, let the mayors, correct, let the city managers, let all of those people determine what's best for their particular territory exactly. and their neighborhoods and, and let otherwise you know they they don't interfere the rest of the time yeah uh, or presumably they don't and they shouldn't uh as as long as uh, the local governments are are doing it according to the laws of the state uh they let those mayors and those city managers and those city governments and councilmen they let them run their own areas and their own neighborhoods. And in this case, they were being told, nope, you got to do what the governor wants and what the health department wants. And and what his impression of Chicago wants. Uh, thank you very much for the call, Steve, as always. I like when you call in. You bet. And I'll tell you what, the local guys, all these guys you're talking about, really are our heroes. And it, it cuts across the lines. You have hero Republicans and hero Democrats, mayors, uh, guys in uh, uh, county office, guys in uh, city uh, state offices, mm-hmm. they all got together and stood up for freedom. That should spell something out for that Chicago tyrant, and thank you guys for keeping up on it. You too. Sure. So, thank you so much. Uh, we have more calls, actually, now, so 829-2345. Feel free to call in with a take. Mark and I uh, welcome all takes here on the show. I know I do all the time, and I'm sure Mark does. Uh, caller, what's your name? Uh, this is David, and uh, we all know that Pritzker and Pelosi, all of them play by the book. Now, we just don't know what book they're referring to, but I'm <laughs> sure they all play by the book. Yeah, fair That's enough. That's all I have to Thank say. you, David, for the call, as always. <laughs> uh, I like when he calls in, and I have had a lot of Mountain Dew. David's always worried. Uh, caller, what's your name? Caller, you're on AM 1230 WJBC. What's your name? 
I guess that person gave up. Uh, this is the Craig Collins Show, AM 1230, 829-2345. Feel, call, feel free to call in with any reaction. I mentioned a second ago, I think Pelosi played a role in this, and I don't mean directly, I mean indirectly. The $3 trillion package that got floated, uh, the $3 trillion next step in the stimulus package, I think it really demonstrated how much further things might have gone far beyond simplistic relief to individuals who need it. Because that $3 trillion package was so far and away, um, you know, not just a response to what our current situation is, but so many other things were thrown into it that I think it demonstrated there's not going to be additional conversations in the way that some people might hope they were going to happen. There's not going to be state bailouts in the way that there was hope that that was going to happen. And so when that package passes in the, in the um, House and then fails, if it even ever gets moved any more forward in the Senate, it demonstrates to us that I think we've hit our tipping point as to as to how much more can be included. And that might have led to a realization that there's different things that need to happen. Caller, what's your name? Uh, Steve. What would I you just, like to say? I, I just like to say, you know, I think the Justice Department and the president played the biggest part because, <clears throat> like I've talked to you before, California got a, a nice little letter this morning. <laughs> yes. I guess you did, Steve. Uh, yeah, they did. Yeah. And, uh, uh and as far as Pelosi's bill, it's dead as fried chicken. Oh, I know. I'm I'm very aware. Uh, thank you for the call. Uh, we have another caller calling in, actually. Caller, what's your name? Nope, that one's not there anymore, but feel free to call in. Uh, I know that I'm getting a lot of calls all of a sudden because people probably have feelings, Mark, correct? Well, I, they've been waiting a long time for the governor to soften his stance. Now, uh, yeah. he, he took a step, and it's a big step because it's a big first step. He's got another round with Darren Bailey on Friday. The yes, appeal, he does. The appeal, which uh, was not allowed to be moved to Springfield like the governor wanted, it's going to be right before the same judge that made the original ruling in Darren Bailey's favor. Right. And caller, hang on one second. The uh, judge actually said when refusing to move it, he said even though he was not accusing them of trying to get friendlier confines for the ruling, if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Mm. So it's staying right here. Uh, Caller, what's your name? Jim. Jim, what did you want to say? I just wonder how 25 years from now we're going to look back on this and think it's all ridiculous. Well, the, see, that's what I mean. I, I I am very much interested in the science, the testing, all the things that will happen over the course of the next year, two years, three, when you look back on it. Because one of the ways in which we understand flu, influenza, is all the antibody testing we do to, to get a true grasp of what the mortality rate, what the infection rate, what all those things are. We can't do that in the in the phases of a pandemic as it's going on, we will do it. At some point in the future, we will have actual science, which we don't, I, I want to remind everyone, we don't have concrete science right now that has a full understanding of the virus, and we won't for a while. So as you said, I don't even know if it's 20 years, more like three, two, we will look back on this with with a better understanding for sure. Thanks. Yeah, sure, no problem. Thank you. Um, I, I do very much want it, want that. And it'll be the kind of thing where no one will will, you know, it won't be able to change any of our decision-making. But but that is, we all have to realize every single day as you wake up and read all the news of the day, whatever science you're seeing, it's not it's not finished. It is, it is a work in progress. So I'm not sure how we respond to it exactly, but I know that studying it more uh, will be tremendously interesting over the next few. Well, uh, scientists don't, how much consensus is there among scientists Almost none. on anything? Right. I do stories every day, studies every day that contradict each other. Uh, that I do for fun. There are plenty of people uh, that uh, listen to this radio station who are in my age group and older, 
And, yeah. and, and, and you're already learning this. You're in your 30s. But you learn as time goes by. You realize 20 years ago, they were telling you something completely different on name the topic. Uh-huh. Well, we've learned that wasn't true. Right. And so all that time, you know, you have adjusted your habits and, and, and your living conditions or whatever it is based on what you were told back when. Mm-hmm. And now you found out, you know what? I've been wasting my time and my money by adhering to those rules. That's true. You're absolutely correct. And as I said, I do stories every single day that I find that are just silly science, uh, ne- never anything of value. Although to me, I find them interesting. And within a week, I'll find one that proves the exact opposite thing. I've been around long enough to uh, have been told eggs are bad for you, <laughs> then eggs are good for you. Right. And now they're bad for you again. Well, you never know. Uh, I, yeah, that's a good point. Even coffee <laughs> is one that I've covered recently. 60 cups of coffee a day might be great for you, or it might be ter- terrible. We have no idea. We were being told that the sun was bad for us. Now, all of a sudden, the vitamin D, get out there. <laughs> it's good for you. There's actually To heck with the skin now. cancer. You don't want the coronavirus. Uh, I was going to take a break, but we have one more call calling in. Caller, what's your name? Mike. Mike, what did you want to say? Hey, Craig, could you have Mark help you out with your intro music for your show, please? Why is that? Go ahead. Well, it's he could probably gear young. it up with a, uh, maybe a little bit. Okay. Maybe a little bit. See, I like, I like Thanks, the pop Mike. music. No problem, Mike. I, I don't mind it. I can do the classic rock. Everybody everywhere does the classic rock. Mike, I'm trying to be a tad different. And also, I'd like to have some listeners that are in the, uh, you know, the younger demo part, too. I'm just saying, I think the music helps us out there. Mark is making a face, though right now no i'm fine the beatles transcend age correct the uh the i would love to play the boss i'd play a lot more of the it's boss. fine you're doing whatever you're doing just do it here we go all right uh sorry mike i don't think it's gonna work out quick break a lot more on am 12 30 ryan walder major of tonight mostly cloudy skies and overnight low around 53 currently sitting at 58 right now throughout central illinois tomorrow cloudy skies and cool a high near 65 and on friday kicking off the weekend mostly cloudy skies and a high near 74 Again, it's 58 degrees and 11 minutes past 5 o'clock. Get more news at the bottom of the hour, or as it happens, I'm Blake Haas on the voice of Central Illinois, WJBC and WJBC.com. Your water cooler discussions just got better. More Craig Collins Show on WJBC. Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. Every so often when something happens politically that I definitely don't understand at least the strategy behind it Uh, although in this case maybe i kind of do i have to bring in the best expert i know in these sorts of things pat brady political strategist uh, political expert i would say Uh, pat welcome to the show hey good to be back and before we start remember we're going to plan that coronavirus is over party yes oh yeah at my house uh, everybody can go nuts I don't mind. Um, I will deal with the cops as many times as need be. No, I'm kidding. We'll get that WJBC credit card, and we'll go have a big one. Oh, okay? there you go. Yeah, I got to find It's probably in Scott Miller's <laughs> desk somewhere, so I'll dig through. Um, uh, thrilled to have you on, though, because I was surprised, not in the decision-making of today uh, as far as the governor's press conference is concerned, because I, I as well as anyone else, knew the amount of, of people, the, the sentiment on the ground of us really needing to make a different decision as far as the amount of our state that is locked down and the way in which we reopen, et cetera. Uh, but the governor has been so adamant, and his his messaging, his way of speaking, even 24 hours ago, so sure of the decisions he was making and his need to make them alone, uh, continuing to lean on what he said, what science was telling him, for today to be such a, a different 
um, you know, kind of sound. And, and even for him to reference science a couple times and say it's saying something different, I was surprised. I need you to help me digest at least the the political reasoning, if that's what it was, behind today's uh, big change in the way the governor is planning the reopen of the state. Yeah, I was a bit surprised, too. But I think the, the bottom line is there has been building political pressure the last two or three weeks since the announcement of the extension of the of the stay-at-home order more regionally. I mean, there's a big difference between downtown Chicago. I was down there last week. And, and the rest of the state insofar as the impact this has had on people and businesses and whomever. And I think the governor recognized, hey, we have to take a different approach, a more regional approach, and maybe roll, start rolling stuff, some of these restrictions back or we're not going to have an economy to come back to. So um, I was a little bit surprised at the pivot, particularly when you say you reference the science. But I think in the long run, and I'm not sure exactly how this plays out politically, but kind of bending to the will of the people here, might have been a smart play for him because there was a lot of unrest. Well, and let me say this, and I know that we see it all the time. I mean, flip-flop is a term that you use in politics constantly because it's such a, a common move, um, and I'm not sure that this per, per se qualifies for that, uh, especially since it's dealing with you know a, health, a public health crisis. But is truthfully the memory of a voter so temporary that, they're cap- that someone is capable of, of truly sounding like a different individual 24 hours after the last time he spoke to us, uh, because that's also what's unique about the current day in which we live, uh, Pat. We have daily press briefings in a way that we usually don't, and the attention on on those briefings is higher, I think, than it's ever been. So I feel like it's more in our collective consciousness the way in which this was being talked about, but maybe, just like everything else, this does uh, bleed out of your brain in just a, a few short days, months, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, a couple things, and there, and I've thought this and said this all along here in the last couple of weeks, that the risk of, of the governor or the president every day getting up and being the voice of, of what the government's doing in response to this virus, there's a big risk there that you're going to own the whole thing. And that's when you get into that trick bag of having to change your mind or changing your mind quickly. There's, there's so many fresh memories of it. But I think in the long term, if you're doing what the people want and there's there's yeah. this resistance to what he's done. I think I think he's okay with this. A flip flop to me is more of I go from pro life to pro pro choice, correct? Or vice versa on a, on a, on, a, on a kind of a fundamental issue. This one's such a fluid issue that nobody really quite gets politically. I don't think I don't think he, he did himself any harm today by rolling this back and making taking a little bit different approach. Well, and I'm certainly praising the decision making because I so tremendously agree with the need for our economy and our businesses to be open as quickly as possible. And if this gets us a little closer to that, I'm thrilled. But I have to ask you this. Do you think that we are now on the right track as far as what would be appropriate uh, in the coming days? Or are we still off on where we should be as far as the reopening of our economy in the state and even, uh, I guess, specifically here in McLean County? You know, listen, uh, the last thing I am is an epidemiologist or an infectious sure. disease expert. I, I don't really know. That's why this is such an unknown for both the science and the politics of it. But I do think that there is a, an, a building resistance to the restrictions, and there has to come a time where we decide whether we're going to bankrupt our economy or take maybe the risk that some people are going to get sick, which is a very difficult choice. I think I've always said the, the regional approach recognizing that Bloomington's a lot different than the corner of State and Lake, downtown Chicago, and might require a different approach is the smart approach. And I do think it's, it's uh, time to roll stuff. So.
a lot of this back. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. How much did the legislature reconvening today play into the, the change in, in the way in which I know that we had um, stories breaking this morning, even before the press conference starts about how the, the misdemeanor charge that he had acted or had, you know, tried to put in place was going to be rolled back. How important was it in the way in which we've transitioned our plan for the rest of our lawmakers to get back to work and to be capable of responding to the things that were going on uh, in the governor's office over the last few weeks, months, et cetera. I think that probably, and I have, I talked to a couple of people this morning and today, uh, but I, my guess is that that had a big impact. The proximity of the legislature to the, the governor, who's they're all down there, basically in the same couple of blocks. And it, everybody's been so siloed that the governor's office, I, I think in the last, several weeks has been operating in that silo and not getting as much input from the legislators as you normally might. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, I think it probably had ha- had a big impact. And I, and this, I give the governor credit that the one thing that we don't need now is the my way or the highway type leadership. Yeah. This is a, a kind of a collective decision. You need to hear the voices of your representatives and the governor needs to listen to him. And I think, I think he probably did that in the last 24, 48 hours, and that's why we got what we got today. Uh, how much also, then, do you mind if I ask, do you think that a Darren Bailey or any of the other lawsuits that are still pending, I know that uh, one of those lawsuits, I think Darren's, which now includes individuals beyond just himself, is supposed to have a, another potential movement forward in its in its lawsuit, maybe even a ruling on Friday. Uh, are those also things that are weighing on the decision-making here, or are they kind of on the periphery of what's been going on? Yeah, if you look at the the, the the Darren Bailey suit, and there have been other suits that related to uh, places of worship, churches, and what have you. The, the federal court up here ruled that what the governor was doing comports with the, constitutional, with the Constitution, so it was all fine. So if a downstate judge makes a different ruling, yeah, it'll have an impact down there, but I think it, it might all be moot in the next couple of weeks because you know, we're going to roll this back on starting on the 29th, and yeah. uh, it, it's less and less important. But there, there is a, a big regional divide on this, and, and and rightfully so. Some people brought up some issues, and um, and uh, I think that's what happened today. So what else are you expecting then outside of, if possible, outside of coronavirus, outside of COVID-19 conversations? What other uh, big things do you think our legislature will be taking on here? And I think they've been meeting for hours now. Uh, today, um, I imagine budget concerns or conversations. I, I think there's probably several things at the forefront of their minds. Uh, what do you think are some of the biggest uh, stories to emerge in the next few days there? I think it's just budget, 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 and how are we going to pass a balanced budget, which the Constitution requires? Are, are we going to be able to tap into any bridge loans from the federal government? Is the federal government going to come and bail out some of the states that um, need money to, to keep going? Most of the states actually are going to need federal money. So I think it's going to be all budget in these this three days. This three-day session has been somewhat choreographed or disciplined. It's not like a typical session. I think they're trying to just have their meetings, get in, take their votes, and, and get this done, and then probably have a June session where they talk about other issues. Um, in, in line with that, too, and I don't know how much you think uh, that the economy reopening obviously would help uh, gain those funds through taxes, et cetera, um, but I've seen some stories about how the economy is not booming as, as much as, as would be hoped in some of the areas that have reopened before us. So how do you then navigate convincing the federal government to provide funds when the narrative from the federal government has very much been that they will take a wait-and-see approach and that they do not want to bail out states that they feel were far beyond um, you know, need, help, et cetera, that have mismanaged their budget for years before an epidemic like this? 
Yeah, I think the part of that rhetoric is what you're hearing out of the from Senate Republicans. But I think the Congress recognizes that pretty much every state is going to need some help. Yeah. And, and the political fighting between the governor and the president, I think that's going to be secondary. And our, and our congressional team of Republicans, I think, has been very much in the forefront on advocating for Illinois and, and, and what we need. So I think we will get it if we need it. We're not going to get a pension bailout like some of the uh, some Democrats had asked for earlier, I think. But I think hopefully we'll get what we need to get through the next couple months. Did you react at all um, to, and this is more of a federal question or like a, a nationwide question, uh, Nancy Pelosi and the Democratic um, stimulus thing that, that uh, passed through the House and obviously wasn't going to go anywhere in the Senate, the $3 trillion price tag and all the, the additional things that were added to it beyond um, uh, bailouts. Is that kind of demonstrative of the problem we will have in negotiating things like this at those levels? Uh, maybe not so much at the state level, because it seems that our politicians do a better job of working together on things, of being bipartisan. But is that sort of an, uh, a good example of how things can go very awry in trying to figure out what the next right step is? Yeah, and I do, on your point, and I do think right now there are people in Springfield, I've done there a lot, know a lot of these folks, there are a lot of good, hardworking public servants down there on both sides of the aisle. But what the Democrats in the House did last week, passed this $3 trillion bill they know will not get passed in the Senate, and it had all these other things in it that don't relate to the crisis. That, that, that is a problem. So they can go back to their districts and say they supported whatever. That, that it, It's insincere of them to do that, and it's not helpful when you're trying to get votes to get things done. So that that is a problem. I thought that was a really bad move by the House. Yeah, Democrats no, I, I agree. I don't understand the, the political move sometimes, and I know that you've, you've worked a lot in that. Um, uh, how do you even convince someone that's making a wrong decision, whatever it is in politics, to, to how do you navigate a public person to make a different decision, I guess is sort of my question, because I can't fathom that being an easy uh, conversation at all. Well, it, it, I, I do believe most of the people that I've dealt with or helped or people have asked me questions are, are, are fundamentally good public servants. And there's an old line that, you know, uh, good policy is good politics. If you do what the people elected you to do and you go in and you vote like your constituents want, you'll be fine. You'll get reelected. And you're in a party. You have a certain set of ideals you believe in yeah. uh, within a certain range, and, 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 and you vote that way. And that, that's the way the system works. But the, the bottom line is, there has to be compromise. You know, there's X number of Democrats, X number of Republicans, X number of independents, and not everybody agrees. So you got to go to the middle. The problem is when we get too partisan on either side, then nothing gets done. I think, yeah. I think things will get done in Springfield. D.C. might be a different story. Well, that's great. Uh, I love, as always, to hear from you, Pat. Uh, really great stuff today. Thank you for jumping on the show. And, yes, party, Anytime, at, party at my house. As soon as everything totally <laughs> opens up, it'll be nuts. I uh, look forward to seeing Good. you there. I'll be there. Thanks, Greg. Right. Talk Take to you care. later. Yeah. Greg Collins Show on AM 1230 WJBC. I hope this is the uh, WJBC credit card and not just uh, Scott Miller's. I don't know. I'm going to dig through, find one, and that's going to pay for that party. Thanks, Scotty. Quick break. A lot more on AM 1230. BC Chief Meteorologist Brian Walder. From Heart of Illinois, ABC, I'm Chief Meteorologist Brian Walder, and this is your AM 1230 WJBC forecast. Staying cloudy and cool for the rest of the day today, then mostly cloudy skies continuing overnight. Low temperatures tomorrow, fairly similar to where they were this morning. We'll see those lows in the low 50s. Highs tomorrow in the mid-60s, mostly cloudy skies continuing and more cloud cover as we head into Friday. But temperatures should be a little bit warmer on Friday. 
Highs will reach the 70s by the afternoon and even warmer as we head into the upcoming holiday weekend. High temperatures on Saturday will be in the low 80s. We'll see cloudy skies with also chances for some showers and thunderstorms at times. More shower and thunderstorm activity possible on Sunday. That could be the warmest day of the upcoming weekend with high temperatures in the mid-80s, but still staying warm on Memorial Day next Monday. High temperatures will be in the low 80s with some showers and thunderstorms possible. From Heart of Illinois, ABC, I'm Chief Meteorologist Brian Walter, and that is your AM 1230 WJBC forecast. Thanks so much, Brian. It's 58 degrees and 39 minutes past 5 o'clock. Get more news at the top of the hour, or as it happens, I'm Blake Haas on the voice of Central Illinois, WJBC and WJBC.com. He's the biggest Yankee fan in the Midwest. Back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. Hey there, it's Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. All this week, at least, I'm doing a fun thing, at least to me, um, and actually for a lot of our listeners, because I think, Betty, you've been a tremendous hit. Um, I actually had someone else tell me today, AJ, who comes in now to do a little bit of the news. He's not stuck at overnights right now because we... You know, Neil's out. We got other people moving around. He said, your wife sounds so cute on the air. Thank you. Which is something we hear a lot uh, from everybody out there. Um, So thank you to everybody listening. Thank you. Thank you. You hang out every uh, 530 with me at the end of the show. Yeah. And to drive me home. Yes. And you make cake and and bring in food and all that stuff. Yeah, red velvet cake, which is sitting at home now. And you're going to make me eat way more of it than you. Yeah. (laughs) See? Well, you don't hesitate to eat a lot. Okay. But then you're also going to say that uh, I'm getting a little bit more. I'm gaining some of that that quarantine weight. (laughs) Yeah. Just a little bit. Yes. Okay. Just a little bit. Well, I I would say that maybe it might be your your cake's fault. I think I might blame the cake. Yeah. No, your food's delicious. It's great. And it's usually very healthy. I'm trying. But you've been getting very into baking because of some baking shows you watched. Yeah. And that's going to put on the pounds for one Yeah, because it's going to like, I don't know how a little ability to make cakes and bake it and bake stuff so uh-huh. i want it to be better yeah and we're gonna buy more pots and pans and things i no, think no, no, uh, no, no okay all right no, no, no all right fine because uh, you're saying that all the things we buy like it's not the right size for the pans we have though you know uh, like you always tell me like find find the one that says this size <laughs> yeah we just got one pan right it's eight by eight eight by eight inches. and most of the little boxes of cake call for two pans yeah eight by eight to yeah. make two cakes yes and that's we're just two people we don't yeah. need a cake yeah each. we don't need a big that's kind of crazy <laughs> So we got to find the littler ones. Uh, I, I talk about that because Krispy Kreme is in the news today. Krispy Kreme does a lot of baking. You yeah. like their donuts, right? Yeah, I like. It's the first uh, the first time that I tried those donuts was here in Bloomington, Illinois. Yeah, yeah we I went and got a free one because we hadn't gone yes. into a Krispy Kreme I got together so before. About that. Yeah. And we walk in and they they tell you you can have a free donut. And you're yeah. like, what's happening? And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> this is heaven. That's all you <laughs> wanted was one donut, yeah. and you were getting it for free to start. Yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, you did like it a lot. Uh, they have a promotion. For a graduate dozen, anyone that graduates uh, college, high school, whatever, you can go and get a free graduate dozen. Dozen. It is a promotion that's long been running, especially in California. They had to nix it because so many people asked for their free donuts this time around with people not doing a lot of other of course, things. Yeah. yeah, they're like, hey, give me that free, give me my yeah. free dozen that the uh, Krispy Kreme had to be like, you know what, this is this is not going to work out. What about here in Bloomington? I don't know if it's here. As, I don't think I've heard a lot about it here, but we it is should, a promotion. We should uh, investigate <laughs> right, right now. You didn't graduate anything, Betty. <laughs> well, Blake graduated. That's true. So we can bring him a box of donuts. And then you can take his dozen donuts, what you're going to do? Half of it, almost. Half, yeah. <laughs> I don't think you need half. Betty, you just need one. I think Maybe you're fine two. with one. Two donuts. Yeah, yeah. you're not going to eat that many. 
But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a promotion that's gone on for a long time. It was only available on Tuesday, so it was only a, a one-day kind of nationwide thing. And yet they did have to call it off in several areas because it was just way too busy. Yeah. It makes sense, though. Yeah, like, I, I think the... Me. And I actually have another story here about how people are definitely putting on weight while under quarantine. And the biggest culprit of that weight is, guess what? Baked goods. Baked goods is the biggest thing that we're eating a lot more yeah, than we normally yeah, eat yeah. because maybe a lot of people like you. Even Target, I saw like they have a lot of items on sale on the baking section. And mm-hmm. I was like, I was wondering, it's like, I wonder why. What they is going on? Yeah, people, I mean. Well, yeah. and even Instagram right now has a viral recipe for donut cereal where you literally put tiny little baked donuts yeah, into milk yeah. and you eat that as if it's cereal. Uh, that is as irresponsible as it gets, I think, as far as our diets are concerned. Sure. Yeah. It sounds delicious, though, Betty. Yeah, it's a it's lot of little sugar. mini donuts in the, in the milk. I already yeah. do the cookie crisp. I'm mm-hmm. not going that much further to do donut crisp. Oh, no. No? You no, wouldn't be no okay with that? Me. No. How would you feel if, if you wake up and I baked little tiny donuts and I'm eating them in a, in a, a bowl of milk? Would well, you first like, of all, you're not going to fry anything because you'll never fry anything. I don't know how. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But if I did that, would you judge a lot or would you be more impressed that uh, your well, husband actually I did some? I would be impressed that you okay. actually are trying to fry okay. something. So if I make donut cereal for us tomorrow, you're going to be more impressed than sad and you're going to eat some of it. Let's have it, Craig. Really? Okay. All yeah. right, let's do it. We're going to do mini little donuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to bake them myself. They're probably going to get burned and taste terrible, <laughs> yeah. but I'm going to do it. A lot of oil. Uh, I got to ask you another question too, Betty. Um, I saw this story uh, and I thought it was pretty funny and kind of maybe a thing that I would do. Uh, a boyfriend wanted to get his girlfriend a really special gift for her birthday. Mm-hmm. One, because of everything going on in the world and two, just because they've been dating for a little while. So he had a wine glass that he had a message put on. He had it engraved with a, a sweet message in his opinion uh, that he would have, that he would give to her for her birthday. However, he got confused with the boxes on the online ordering form, like yeah. which box you put information in, which one you put special instructions in. Yeah. So what actually got printed on the wine glass was his special instructions. So when it got delivered <laughs> as a so gift, funny. what it says on it is, can we have this delivered before Monday if possible? That is her birthday, the 30th. Thanks. <laughs> nice one. That is engraved on a wine glass yeah. now because he put it in the wrong <laughs> box. And it went viral, the photo, when they showed it on, on social media because... You know, obviously she likes it a lot. She's of been course. using it, taking yeah, pictures yeah. with it. But he meant to put a really sweet message about how much, you know, he cares about her. Yeah. She means to him how how grateful he well, is. That it was a pretty original message. So, it, it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't think nobody has like uh, something similar in their uh, You're right. paint or yeah kitchen. You're right. No matter what he would have said, that's probably not going to be as unique as, yes, as exactly. the can we have it delivered before Monday if possible. That is her yeah. birthday the 30th. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. It also sort of outs him as a guy who maybe ordered it late, by the way. Yeah. Because if you had to put in the special instructions, please deliver this quickly. As it means, as yeah, it means you didn't plan this months in advance, man. No, you no, were doing no. this a few days before. Yeah. You were going the Casey's Garden Shop Road, which I love them for. They deliver things day of. If yeah. you have a mistake, if you if you need to get some flowers to somebody a- ASAP, they, they can deliver. help you out with yes, it, right? They yeah, deliver. they do that very well. Um, and so this guy, I think, needed that kind of bailout because he was asking. But it's just so funny, and you can see the uh, the photo on social media. It's a lot of different places, but it, it's it's the kind of thing a lot of guys would do. And actually, yeah. uh, the news caught up with both of them, and she loves it. She's like, this is a cherished item now mm-hmm. in our collection: the accidental wine glass. Would you like it as much if I did that? Like, if I made that mistake? Yeah, I, I okay. think it, that would have made me laugh a lot. Every time you had wine then? Yes. You're like, oh, look at this. Yeah. Look, look at how silly. Craig trying yeah. to do, like, some, a present before the, the day of the my day. birthday. 
No way. I'm a guy. I plan well. I do things in advance. Uh, remember the one time I decorated the whole house? Yes. Do you remember we that? A lot of paper. And yeah. Like and we had we had um, balloons. Energy salespeople coming by, like because our I guess our energy whatever it is our our electric yeah. was going to get transitioned to some other company, and those people were going door to door. This is the middle of the winter in Chicago. Uh, this story. And for whatever reason, I decided to be romantic about this birthday and like decorated our whole house, ribbons, balloons, happy birthday, Betty, when you came home from work. And then the salespeople come by and knock on the door and we let them in for a second to chat with them about it. And they were impressed yeah. with the level yeah. I went to give you. They're like, they like what he is did this for on? you. Yeah. This is amazing. <laughs> I think that's why crazy. I invited them in. I wanted the reaction of, <laughs> come on, I need an audience. But that, see, I do that kind of stuff. That wasn't yeah, day you, of. You were very nice. Thank you. And yeah. then sometimes not. Uh, but you Sometimes always do. The, you always do the super long card, by the way. Yeah. For any kind of special Although events. I'm getting lazier. Yeah, it's I, been a little I feel bit. like that happens in relationships once you are getting kind of old in the relationship. Ah, he knows what I, like, I think. He, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to write it again. Yeah. But you would fill up cards. You would do the yeah, front, the back, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, it's it's funny because you always like kind of. I can tell when you are, you start to get bored about what what I write on the no, cards. No, no way. Yes, yes. No you, way. you are pretty sure, like you don't, you don't. Know I do have ADD, by the way. I do Probably. have it. No, I never get bored. I cry sometimes. You've written <laughs> yeah, me messages, and I just start like weeping, like a little <laughs> yeah. child. There, because you're very sweet. And Thank then I decorate for... the whole house, and yes. I impress the energy salespeople. Yeah. Which I, I got to do that again. A uh, quick break, a lot more on AM 1230 WJBC. I have a study about beards, how big manly beards have evolved over the years mm-hmm. and why. Because I'm, I'm bearding up a little bit more little bit. Uh, than I usually do. And actually, you know what, I, I should mention this too. Um, I don't know if this, if you had known me yet, but for quite a while in high school, and in, no, excuse me, in college, I rocked a beard. I had the long hair that I have now mm-hmm. because I can't get a cut. And I wore earrings. I did. I got my ears pierced. I did it. I tried to be super cool, super crazy. I know. I get it. For anyone judging, Betty is making a face in studio. Recently, you wanted to buy some earrings. I bought a pair for myself because I feel like I've got the rest of the look. Maybe I can bring it back. And I think I even tried to do it for a day uh, when I went golfing with a John Davies. I was told by both you, he, and several other people, it's not the right look for me. <laughs> but I still want to uh, Come on. I mean, when am I going to have this hair again? I'm not going to grow it out. I want it cut so bad. This is this is college Craig. Yeah, He's coming your, back. Your, your hair is getting pretty long. Yeah, but you're not a fan of the earrings. The earrings not going to happen. No. Even Curly the Michael Jordan is. one? Even just like no, the one ear? No, no, no. Okay. We'll talk about it in the break, and maybe I can convince <laughs> you. He looks cool with it, right? Oh, no. Oh, I thought you thought he would be cool. Nobody. You're not okay with well, that at all? No, I mean, it depends. It depends. Yeah. And it's just not for me. No, your personality. No, it's not. It doesn't match. All yeah. right. A quick break. A lot more on <laughs> AM 1230 WJBC. We're talking about beards and earrings that I cannot rock, apparently, after this. Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. Betty, right before the segment started, is like, hey, play a classic rock song for that Mike listener who was listening before and complained about my bump music. (laughs) I'll play the boss. I'll play a whole bunch of the boss. I know I could have played the hook of Born to Run, but that's still not me. I'm still still going to go that road. I like the... The current music, Betty. I like the the pop music. Oh, me too. Okay. But I love all music. Oh no! I hey, I also really like classic rock. I'm not yeah, judging it. Rock. But here's my trick. I want to get listeners of all ages to listen to WJBC, and I think the younger audience will get tricked into staying if they hear me playing <laughs> the Justin Bieber. They'll be like, okay, maybe I'll try this guy out, and then maybe they'll start Probably. listening to news talk. It's tough to get the younger guys 
to pay attention. The younger people. Maybe one on one. Yeah, right. One on one. Right. Yes. And for every every person out there that like Mike is like, I don't know about this guy. <laughs> Just wait till the music finishes, and then you'll you'll hopefully like the show. Uh, but I have a couple more things to talk about. We got to take another break for just a second, uh, and then we will do what we always do to end every show. We will applaud the healthcare workers, the first responders, the people that are fighting COVID nineteen. It's not gone. Um, obviously, with the changes today, uh, we are going to start to reopen more, which is tremendously exciting for our economy, for our businesses. Yeah. And yet, uh, there will be people who get sick. There will be people who need help, um, and there will be healthcare workers there to treat them. And so, we applaud those individuals for their effort. Uh, before we get to those serious topics, though, a couple more silly ones, since my wife and I are on together. Do you like the beard when I rock more of the beard? Are you are you a fan of the beard? Yeah, I like the beard. I like. Uh, I remember one time in Chicago, like when you let it grow pretty long. Mm-hmm. Remember you? I think you said I bet with with your uh, friends from Actually, Ireland. Actually, so it was different. Uh, WGN is the radio station I was working at the time, and they asked the staff if they were willing to grow out Blackhawk playoff yeah, beards. Yeah, something like that. And so I was one of the people that was like, "Yeah, I'll do that." And yeah. so I had the longest beard, not ever Scott Miller levels, but the longest beard I've ever had. Yes. And I did get I a lot remember. of compliments. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. But it got pretty itchy, you say that. It's itchy right now. It itches, <laughs> it itches my face now. Yeah. Any level of hair beyond just the little tiny, like, the 5 o'clock shadow, the itchiness gets up there. And I don't. you're not supposed to touch your face. So I don't want to, you know. I know. Create, right. like, pimples or stuff. Exactly. Are you saying I have some of those? What are you saying? No, no, I'm not saying okay, that. Okay, good. Good. I didn't know. I can't <laughs> tell. Um, but, yeah. So I saw a story that said big manly beards have evolved so that we could take punches to the head. The reason that we originally started to get that additional kind of coverage, according to a, a new study that came out, is to, to add an extra layer of cushion. Mm-hmm. And actually, the reason I even bring the story up, mm-hmm. you have slapped me a lot recently. Well, it was accidental. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. Nuh-uh. Let's be honest about this. Uh, you and I, um, because church is not open and we were going to church every single Sunday, yeah. have been going to the park to pray the rosary. This is something you wanted to do. And so the cemetery. I right well the cemetery and then the park sometimes yes. uh, it was the park this past weekend because it was raining and we wanted to be under the the you know awning that exists there at the Miller Park Miller Park and I think while we were praying I did something silly with my face yes and you couldn't help it you just came across for a yeah, quick smack I, I smacked you a you little did. bit okay thank you you're admitting it just a little <laughs> it just sort of happened because you said we, we were in the middle of praying and you couldn't stop yourself and so then as we're doing that and as I was doing the silly thing uh, which I think was just sticking my tongue out. You smacked me, but my mouth was open, so it made like a huge like a popping huge, noise. Uh, yeah, popping noise. I and got you scared. couldn't handle. No, uh, yeah. you laughed. <laughs> I laughed a lot. You did not get scared. Yes, laugh you just cried laughing. Yeah. It interrupted like three minutes of prayer because you yes. just couldn't stop. Yeah, I, I, I just thought uh, like I was like the like a grandma, you know, right. like when the the kids the kid no, does doesn't want to doesn't yeah. want to pray during like the rosary right. or something. Yeah, you popped me, and then the same thing happened the day after on Monday. You did it again because I think like I I dropped something in the car when we were on our way to work. And it b- bounced into your arm, and you just swung another. You've been getting feisty a little bit, buddy. I don't know what is going on. Probably it's like injury or like a you, stress or something. Do you think it's the beard? As Probably I read the this, beard. Probably just let your yeah. beard grow more no, and more. No, no. I think the opposite. <laughs> I think you're starting to forget like what I look like a little bit because there's too much beard now. And so you're like, i got to hit this guy. He's not. And I think that maybe this is aligned with the story. Maybe... You know, we don't know chicken well, or egg. Well, just let it grow. Like, it's going to have more cushion in case I, I, <laughs> I, 
Yeah. I got to grow it out yes. just to protect myself from yes. the misses. All right. I got to take another break. We've got a minute left of, uh, of spots, and then we'll be back in just a minute to do what we always do at the end of the show, to applaud all of our first responders, the people that are keeping us safe, treating us for serious medical conditions, and maybe one day a smack to the face that Betty gives me <laughs> where I need some extra help. A quick break, a lot more on AM 1230.